Estelle Pence. I think I got the point seven. Point seven. That's wait. Is your pen silver or black? Mine's black. What? Sleek metal barrel. Wow. But I don't like. I don't have it handy, so I can't look at it and see what it says on it. I just seem to remember that I got the point seven. Yeah, yeah. It looks like that one. Well, this one says point five. I. It it is confusing because my my silver doesn't actually. The point five is on the verge of being slightly too sharp, too fine. I think is the word. On the verge, though. Like it's usually fine. But I don't know what the this this big uh, this big silver thick boy is. It's not like that much thicker, but it is noticeable. I'd say. Do you do you guys only use the black ink, or have you tried other colors? I've only tried yeah. the black. Okay. I'm not opposed to other colors, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know that the Sharpie S show. I don't know that it comes in multiple colors. Does it? Uh, this Amazon page says it does. Okay. Black, blue, red, green, purple, and welcome to episode ninety-one. <laughs> Of off the crossbar. I thought that energy level that I read would, would carry through, but it did not. It immediately came back to Earth. Yeah, sorry. Is that a... You said you're reading an Amazon page where you're getting that yeah. information? Yeah. An Amazon page of lies is what I say, because I think we only recognize the black ink on this podcast. When when else would I need other, other colors of ink? Yeah, so... Uh, when you're an English teacher and you're... Oh, when um, I am diagramming okay. sentences, you're right. That time when I would do Hi, that. Uh, oh, or did probably he, not. No, or does Alex want to do history? I forget. Do you guys remember what Alex Mauer of? He wants Carcel Sundays. He seems like a history guy. Yeah, him and his, him and his right. trivia. That's a classic history guy move. Oh yeah, I have a trivia question for you guys. Let's go. Um, should I buy big trivia guy here? Twelve or thirty six of these pens. I would start with 12. Well, what's okay. the deal on the 36? Uh, you know, How much it, for the 12? How much for 36? I'll save eight cents a pen. You just get the 12. Eight okay. whole cents? Yeah, each pen. That, comes uh, that, out mean, that to, means if you lose one pen, then you've lost your savings. Are you going to lose one out of 36 of those pens? I'm going to lose know. probably 35 out of 36. Yeah, so just get the 12. I'm a huge uh, pen loser. Someday like, if, uh, if historians or... I guess archaeologists archaeologists. get my couch. uh, Then they're going to discover all the pens somewhere in there. Um, I was going to say, I use uh, different colors of pen all the time. Um, Really? I'm not a bullet journal person. I once tried and I don't have the discipline. Mm. Uh, But I do now track like the TV I'm watching, the movies I'm watching in a notebook. By hand, really? By hand. And like it helps me reflect on it, which sounds very nerdy. Uh, short stories are the big ones because and comics. That's fair. Because uh, I, I read a lot of both, and like that that all makes a lot of sense yeah. as something to do. But yeah. to me, like that's just too much work to put into a recreational activity. Like no, I understand I, that, like you have to work to have fun. Right, exactly. Like I get how like that would be more fun for some people. I'm not dogging it, but it like would be more fun for you, Trevor. I mean, it you're would, talking to a, Trevor. You're talking to someone who's like loves board games to that extent where the entire premise is that there are rules that you have to buy abide by in order to have fun. That's true. That is like the number one rule of board games is that like the rules are what make it fun. You know, if you're not following the rules then do something else, that's fun. I, like I said, I'm I'm not opposed to it. It's just, I, I know that I could never do that. Yeah. Well, I I don't have the, the mental fortitude 
Yeah, I, just stick with I, I'm that. the same way. I, the closest I get is letterboxed, which makes it like super easy for yeah. that kind of thing. But I'm not writing most of the time unless there's like just it unless a, a movie has to hit me just right in order for me to like uh, write a big all my thoughts out about something. Oh, yeah. Usually I'm just like, LOL, this ruled or <laughs> something. Yeah, that's true. I can confirm this, which I mean, yeah, it is. There is like two. There are two different versions of me on letterboxd and who knows what you're going to get depending on the movie um but i will say that like uh i would like uh like an app that's like a conglomerate of all of the things that you're talking about that i would like to keep track of um Mm. and that also made me think of you know i'm trying to remember um my friend jeff he um did he delete his twitter no, it's it's there. So he's been keeping um he's been doing this with stu- with Substack, but he essentially um throughout all of 2021 was trying to beat like I can't even remember how many how many games in a year or play how many different like video games. Oh yeah. So 2021, the year a year of beating way too many video games. Oh nice. When 2021 started, I had the crazy idea to try to beat a hundred video games. I realistically gave myself about a 50-50 chance. Knew I had a lot of games in my back catalog and a lot of guilt for spending money on on them, but I also knew a hundred was a pretty insane number. Yeah. Um he actually did a hundred and one. Congratulations. <laughs> um and Taylor, he has said? like a huge uh Jeff Taylor. Yeah, he has Jeff this Taylor. huge substack. Oh, okay. It's uh Jeef, J-E-F dot substack dot com. Um, but he has like a big like post. Mally. Yeah. You would really like this. He like essentially reviewed all of uh the games all, all of his fate like he categorized his favorites or least favorites etc and wrote some stuff about him so that was really cool but i was just i mean that is like a so much work for me just the documentation process of that like i was thinking yeah. of like an app that's really like keeps tracks of like all the things but i don't really know what i'm looking for there um but letterboxd is a pretty good one for for movies i don't really have the same for tv shows there's this app called tv time that i used to use pretty regularly it's terrible it's such a bad app and they introduced movies and it's just like way it's really difficult and annoying to use. Um, they have like a very big like global user base though because like so many of those shows uh, for these like just obscure shows are um, like a, a lot of the reviews are written in other languages. Speaking of which, well, should I just get my social hour? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. So um, there was this show that I had started. I needed like a just I I really like scary stuff or horror things and there was this like uh show that seemed kind of interesting to me it was called from and it's about this like uh weird little town where everyone's stuck there and there's like no way in or out there's no way out of the town you like if you try to drive out you'll just end up drive back driving back in and then we learned that like people can't be out after dark um and then like we see why we learn why and i won't say why but there's Mm. these uh things that happen after dark there so um i started the first episode and it was on amazon prime when i started watching it and then i went to watch it the next day and it had been removed from amazon Prime. (laughs) like literally just like mid-may uh the show was just gone and i was like what and it's just no longer on any streaming services. I like you have to pay extra through like Epics now oh, or whatever. No. So I was just like, all right, this. Is, I mean, it was like it was fine. Like I wasn't like 
obsessed with the show, but I was kind of like, all right, that's, that's it's only ten obnoxious. episodes though. Like you probably want to get through it. I know. I got a I got a buddy with a Plex server. I'll do it that way. Oh no. Um, but anyway, that was a weird one. So then I started that. Um, I've been I've been there's a thing that I want to do, and I want to go through all of the uh, TV and movies that are based on Stephen King novels. Oh yeah. There's um, a lot out there. There's a bazillion. Yeah. And one of the random ones that I didn't, I didn't know was based on Stephen King was the, uh, was 11, 63, which mm-hmm. is that like short series with James Franco where, um, it's like has to do with the JFK assassination, all this stuff. But I, and I didn't know that was a book written by Stephen King until very recently. Yeah. So, um, mainly cause he published that in like 2011 and I don't know, kind of a newer one, but he's still writing books, which is weird. So anyway, so I started that, but I'm also watching Ozark and under, under the banner of heaven at the same time. So, um, it's weird. <laughs> and, uh, I also was hoping to have seen at least two movies in theaters since the last time we talked, mainly one, and that didn't happen. So maybe by next time, um, I'm really desperate to see Top Gun. <laughs> I really want that to happen. <laughs> I just want I want to see my my big boys go zoom on on a big old screen. So that'll that'll hopefully happen, but um other than that, just been chilling extremely hard, been uh still regularly going to the gym, which is which is good. I haven't slipped up on that yet. Very um, proud of you. Thank you. And uh over the weekend, I have a friend uh who goes to medical school at Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And he's from here, uh, but has been his, but he's been going out there for quite some time, um, like four years now, at least five, maybe. Um, and he's was is back for a month or so. So he and I hung out with another one of our friends uh, on Friday night. It was just a very lovely time. Then Saturday, had a little barbecue with uh, Greg, Lindsay, Jordan, Colin, Sarah, that whole group of folks. Um, which was great. So we 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 split the um the Sarah Todd Colin Young uh weekend between you and me. I think we pretty much have yeah, the, have them true. covered from what I understand. Yeah. So tell 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 me about your about your time, Matthew. Yeah, so uh let's go reverse order. Please. Uh to today's Tuesday. Look at me mm-hmm. knowing the day. Wait a sec. What day did we get Thai food? Was that Friday? Well, um I got it Wednesday and Friday. Oh, hey, yeah. what day did we all get together at Lan Na Thai and have Thai? That was on Friday, right? Yeah. That was lovely. Yeah. Enjoyed that. Although some of us also did it on Wednesday. Was it just the As two well. of you? Uh, oh. Lucas and Alex from uh, RSL Sunday. What? Sun- Sundays. The four of you guys did that? So then we did that again except you just traded Alex for me on Friday? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, Jack. <laughs> I didn't even know. Wait, I think it was they? it was kind of a last minute thing. Sure, yeah, it's fine. A little bit. Alex, all right. Said, guess oh, uh, Ethan and I are going to be hanging out here pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> Ethan doesn't. Li- I listened to RSL Sundays this week, and uh, learned that Ethan does not listen to other podcasts. So I do know that, and so this is not yeah. a message to Ethan. This is just a message to you two that I'm going to be spending a lot of time with Ethan here in the near future eating at all our favorite restaurants together and just preempting any potential hangout. We Ethan and I are just going to go hang out at Rio Tinto on Friday before the game, just a pregame for the game together. I think that's a great idea. Great. 
cool. Um, anyway, so uh, today's Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Monday and Saturday are very similar days for me, uh, except I worked on Monday. Um, but I've got the garden mostly planted now. I've got some peppers left that I need to put in pots. Just need to pick up a little more potting soil and uh, that should be good to go. I'm just out of ground room um, because I have a bunch of tomato plants. Uh, so hopefully I get like a bumper crop of uh, Roma tomatoes and uh, cherry sweet 100s, I think they were called. Yeah. Cherry sweet 100s? Which sound perfect. What's the uh, number in reference to? I think Matt's going to look it up, but let me yeah. give my guess. I think it's like a synthetic version of the cherry 100 or cherry tomatoes. It's so it's just like a more concentrated, like sweeter version of a cherry tomato. Yeah. And the 100 is just like, I don't, when they name it, they have like yeah. a number of like how many different times they've tried it or different varieties or like which combination <laughs> of whatever makes it. it. I, I have no idea, but it's failed. just like, they're just like designing a cherry tomato and then they yeah. find one that they're Wild. like, that's the one I want. And it's the hundredth version or the one that they numbered 100 or whatever. That's all it's referring to they've got a couple different versions of like synthetic vegetables or or synthetic's probably not the right word uh hybrid. But like hybrid or hybrid like is the word you're looking for that's the word i'm looking for probably anyway yeah they just like create new varieties and just give them numbers it's a beautiful thing, do a lot really. of different things uh anyway so i've got a bunch of tomatoes and i would love to share with you guys uh kyle if you'll if you'll uh see us again i will take think about kyle's it. tomatoes what okay no well, yeah i I'm a, i do love tomatoes yeah. these days so i thought for a long time that i hated tomatoes me too I, like i loved them in sauce and whatnot but sure uh then i started trying there was a lady at the farmer's market just the sweetest lady uh who would always say like oh do you want to try a tomato and i'd say yeah i'm okay but she always had the best peppers so i kept buying peppers but eventually she just convinced me to like start eating these tomatoes and once I did, like, I didn't look back because they were amazing. I still can't eat, like, grocery store tomatoes um, because they are, by and large, complete garbage. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, listen, some of us can make do with those, which speaks to how um, good those other ones must be because, yeah. you know. So, you know, tomato season is a, a great season, and uh, hopefully we get a nice long one. Other than that, uh, I did play board games with uh, the Pod Doctor and uh, NBA Sarah, and it was a great time. <laughs> Just, um, yeah, I'm, Colin is now the Pod Doctor. Colin now has that. to change his Twitter handle to the Pod Doctor. Yeah, that's diagnoses all the good. issues with our podcast. There's got to be somebody out there going by the Pod Doctor, right? Oh, I should hope so. It could the also pod. be somebody who uh, diagnoses Pod people. Which would be fun. <laughs> the Pod Doctors. The Pod Doctors is a podcast that has know. two followers on Twitter. Brought oh. to you by Dr. Damien Dauphiny, a two times board certified reconstructive foot and ankle surgery and wound management, wow. and Dr. Rafi Hussain, fellowship trained podiatric surgeon. So, huh. They uh, posted right. Happy Easter on the 17th of April. So, oh, okay. That was my next question was when was their latest tweet? I was going to ask if they wished everyone a happy Easter. So that's I don't know if I like, better. yeah, I don't like that these guys have such a good name and only two followers on Twitter. I feel like that's kind of my goal. I want to have all the good Twitter handles and no followers and just make people unhappy. I think 
the pod doctor is probably available as a handle. Let me check the pod doc. There's the pod doc. Oh, this account doesn't exist. The pod doctor. All right, Colin. So, uh, there's your homework assignment. Um, I don't know if Colin listens to the podcast. I don't know. I no, think we have. Like, we've got while. ways of getting getting a hold of Colin. I think like, ways of making. This is the only here. way. <laughs> it's the only way I'm willing to talk to him. Yeah. Quite frankly. Uh, yeah. So there's there's my social hour update. Uh, oh, all my peppers are spicy. I thought about getting some sweet peppers, and uh, promptly forgot. So I've got like two Carolina Reaper plants and a Maruga scorpion and scorpion butch tea and uh, a Buccalochia and like four different varieties of habanero. Big pepper guy. So I'm very excited. Yeah, Matt, if we didn't know, if our listeners didn't know, Matt is a big pepper guy. Big veggie guy in general. This is this has been known for several years now. Yeah, guys, I haven't even spilled yet today. I'm very proud of you. I was gonna ask, you're you. in the you're in the post spill room. This I am. Time. I, I was going to ask how the computer survived oh, the spill last week. I think the computer the computer seems to be completely fine. I haven't tried the dongle that the majority of the liquid went directly onto. Um, so that's a concern. But I actually don't even know where the dongle is. So I'm oh, not perfect. Out of sight, out of mind. I could probably the, just yeah. threw it. Um, yeah, you didn't spill anything on it. You just lost it. Yeah, I think I just like covered it with uh, like peanut butter and threw it outside for an unsuspecting animal to eat. I'm sure that's something that I probably did. <laughs> oh, wait, no, here it is. <laughs> I hid it behind my but behind my decorative cups. Um, yeah, here she is. Oh, yeah. It's fine to be. You're good. It's looking good. I'll tell you that much. Oh, Honestly, it plugs really, into the side like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you see the it has the double U, USB C. Um, yeah. This hyperdrive. Uh, it, it had been annoying me lately too because when I was when I would be plugged into it, I could hear an annoying hum. I don't know what that was about, but sounds like um, a dongle. I have another one of these somewhere because I used to get them through my like when I worked out in structure. They had a vending machine with these in them, and I would mm. I was collecting them because I. Just it's a nice. It's a How nice much thing. did they charge for that? Uh, I paid nothing. Uh, oh. My my department was charged probably like eighty bucks for it, and I was just like, ha slide there, scan, scan. It wasn't that. I wasn't that liberal with it, but I did ha- at one point maintain a nice little collection of these. They're but pretty useful. They are, and specifically the Ethernet thing, like right there, yeah. pretty nice. And I like the double USB C thing, but anyway. Uh, rest in peace maybe to this one maybe I'll give it a go later this evening I'm scared to plug it in because uh, that's what made things go bad last time but you know mm. we'll see we'll see what happens Trevor what's going on with you my friend um let's see weekend we um nope hold on Friday we had Lan Na because I was working nearish downtown that's all week right. and we all went out for it was lunch right not dinner it was you could argue that was a lunch Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a lunch. Yeah, we went to lunch. Was the other uh, one a dinner? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay, it's all coming back. Wednesday, we went The more romantic there, of the two meals. Huh? <laughs> like, later in the afternoon, and then the other one, we went there for lunch. Um, so that was great. Got La Na twice, which is always... I I mean, that's the ideal. Um, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't switch it up and go to Chan in the second time. I didn't, I guess... 
that would have required you guys telling me that you went two days before with someone else. So that wasn't so, me. So. so here's the thing, Kyle. <laughs> the way that this whole thing came about was I posted in the Slack group that you are a part of. And I was like, hey, sure. who wants to go to La Na? Because I'm sure, at, sure. if you remember, you know exactly where I was that week. A store that you hold dear to your heart. I was really confused, actually, because I thought you were at a different store. But that, that I do yeah. love the store you're at, too. But um. But anyway, I was close to downtown, so I posted in the group, and everybody except for Kyle was like, "Let's do that today." And so then we went on Wednesday, and then I think it was after that you were like, "Oh, I can do Friday." Oh, so then we yeah. did a Friday as well. Well, we went out of our way to make sure you were included, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you for including me. Sorry, Trevor. You <laughs> may continue. <laughs> anyway, um, went to lunch, had good times, and then Saturday we um, well, hold on, was that this Saturday? It had know. to be this Saturday. I'll tell you what happened, and you guys tell me if I've already told this story because it was either this <laughs> Saturday just passed or the one before. Sure, I think it was the one before. Now that I'm mentioning it, uh, we went shopping for fishing supplies and camping supplies. I think that's um, new. That sounds new to me. Yeah, I don't remember hearing it. Okay, cool. Then um, we're going to Fish Lake this next uh, this upcoming weekend. Oh, nice. Um, kind of turned. Um, I try to do like a fishing trip with my dad, like at least like once a year, some kind of go fishing adventure. Uh, like last year we went to green river, just me and him. And then this year I wanted to bring uh, Charlie with us. And so we decided it would be a good idea to just bring all of the kids around that age. Uh, my sister lives in Lehigh with three kids. So we decided to go to fish Lake and it's me, Charlie, and then my sister and like her whole family are coming down. Um, Charlie and I are going camping the night before, and then because um, Charlie wants to go camping, and camping's fun, and I love it. Yeah, everybody agreed. else is staying in hotels because they don't want to do near fish, like near Fish Lake. They're staying in hotels in Richfield, I think. That sounds right. I haven't been down there in a while, which is like close, but not like next door. We're want, staying at a campground like on Fish Lake. So, you guys, want to hear a little super quick funny story about Rich Richfield? Yeah, let's yes. go. Uh, my mom. Uh, used to have like one of her really good friends. She she's from Richfield, but she's from Richfield, so she says Richfeld. Oh, and yeah. um, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, well, just like it's kind of a. I think it's just like a small town Utah thing, just Richfeld. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I grew up in Hurricane. I get any, it. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> I think about Rich Richfield, my I think about my mom when my mom and her friend were running the Dublin Marathon. And there were people that were asking where they were from. And my mom was like, oh, we were from Salt Lake City, Utah. But like her friend would always say, I'm from Richfeld. <laughs> like as like <laughs> as if anyone outside of like an hour and a half of Richfeld would know where that is. And she would refer to her like no one, you know, no, you're not like, come on. You're not really telling some one. local Irish people that you're from Richfeld. But anyway, sorry. So they're staying in Richfeld. Yeah, so they're staying in Richfeld. Uh, we're going camping right at Fish Lake. Uh, we're waking up super early, and we're just going to go fishing. I think it's like a six-hour fishing trip, just from like That's 6 nice. a.m. to like noon, something like that. And then Ooh, we're driving back. One. Okay. Are you camping at the lake, or are you camping yeah. near? Nice. Yeah, there's like two or three campgrounds right around the lake, and we're camping at one of those. Um, but anyway, so that's this upcoming weekend. Wait, so you're not going to be at the game? I should be at the game. Like I said, oh. I should be back by like oh, three or this four. Is Friday to Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday, we're only fishing like for the first half of the day, and then we're gonna oh. start. We're gonna leave there at like one or two. I think. Cool plan, Trevor. I need you to do something for me while you're there. 
Sure. I needed to uh, check out the Pando Aspen clone. It's so cool. I haven't been, and I need to know how the camping is around it. Pando Aspen clone. It's a clonal colony of an individual male quaking aspen determined to be a single living organism by identity. I don't like reading. Wikipedia is this the, the big it's the massive, largest, like yeah, the, it's the, the largest, largest organization yeah. or organization? It's the largest <laughs> organism, organ, organization, organized organism. It's one of the, it's like the largest on like earth or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I knew it's that crazy. that was around here. I didn't know that that was right there. Yeah. yeah it's in it's Fishek National Forest. So that's right. We love cool. a panda. Yeah. We'll check it out. Always wanted to check that out. Nice, man. That's really fun. So anyway, that's the plans. We we're just doing um prep on Saturday, getting stuff um for that. And then um Sunday was the game, the RSL game, right? Yes, Sunday yeah. at 2 p.m. Sunday, I uh partook in one of my newfound uh huge nerd hobbies. Mm. And instead of watching the RSL game, I was watching the Counter-Strike PGL Antwerp Major Grand Final. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I did not watch the RSL game. Um, this is why you didn't tweet about Bobby Wood, I see. Right. I didn't watch it live, um, but I did end up watching it yesterday, and I've, I've got thoughts, but we'll get there. Should we um, get there after our next segment? We'll get yeah, there probably. later, yeah. Later. But yeah, um, I, I saw that you were tweeting about the. <laughs> you tweet, we were tweeting. <laughs> you were like live tweeting a little bit of it, as if like other people that know you were watching. Uh, the Counter-Strike stuff? Yeah. I think I, I think I sent like one or two tweets and they were all like, I know nobody is listening. I know you're like, no this, one knows what I'm talking about, but this was sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, time. it was really, really cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, I started watching, getting into Counter-Strike, watching it like pro Counter-Strike recently. And it's like the biggest tournament of the year. It's like it happens once a year. So it's like their version of the Super Bowl. So it was fun. It was great. I enjoyed it. We watched the their World Cup. Uh, no, because their World Cup, oh. uh, they usually have, or they have in years past, had two majors a year, but recently it's turned into one. But it's oh. like every single year, so it's like. Oh, I I was just making a U.S. Open Cup joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, it was fun. Um, then that was most of my Sunday, and then um, I feel like we watched. Oh yeah, we did watch a movie. Uh Charlie and I watched uh Wally, which is not like obviously the first time I've seen it, but it's probably my favorite Disney movie. I think. Disney Pixar always, even. Yeah, I always forget about Wally as a movie until It's very good. I watch it and then I watch it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is the best one." Yeah. So It's it's very very good. But that was the weekend. That's what I did. Nice man. Um what was yeah. I going to say? Oh, I also f- unfortunately watched Premier League over the weekend. Which, yeah. Um, was pretty crazy. I don't know if uh, you guys, I mean, Trevor, I don't know how much you partake. You were watching Milan, I'm sure, but uh, which was also really cool. Oh, I don't have that channel. Oh, that, okay. that, that service. Is it on Gold TV? You're no, probably it's just on, like, um, yeah. It's on Paramount Plus. Oh. Why do yeah. you not have Paramount Plus? They have a lot of Star Trek there. They have, yeah. So, Sarah, I went to Paramount Plus this year, and then I, then it was also, I think this was the year that NBC was like, 
you have to subscribe to Peacock to watch all of the soccer. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not subscribing to three more services yeah. just to watch a couple of games of soccer every year. So I didn't get any of it. Right. So I didn't watch like any EPL or any Serie A this year. Like, it was wow. pretty crazy because uh, the, so Liverpool was playing um, against Wolves. Man City was playing against Aston Villa, who's coached by Steven Gerrard. And Aston Villa was up 2-0 and Liverpool just couldn't score on Wolves. And then like kind of at the same time, Liverpool started scoring on Wolves. Aston Villa started giving up the lead and then it just flip-flopped and that was that was all she wrote. But we have this upcoming weekend, uh, same day as the RSL game and of equal importance, our mm. Liverpool plays Real Madrid in the Champions League final. So, Oh, yeah. That should be not at all nerve-wracking and totally fine. Um, I heard a rumor that that at the I guess it was at the Liverpool game, somebody started a lie that Aston Villa had tied it late in the game, and that there was a whole bunch of like people cheering. That's at what the it stadium. seemed like. Yeah, I don't know what exactly happened, but like there were people cheering like as if the because the whole time you could hear the crowd's reaction to what was happening in the other game because they were yeah. obviously following following it. Uh, after Liverpool scored the first, I think, um, it was like five minutes after that. So like, there wasn't really anything to be like super, super, super stoked about. Uh, there was, there were some very loud cheers seemingly indicating that there was a goal in the other game and left the commentators and myself very confused. But yeah, that, so that does sound like a true thing that happened. Do you guys remember the time that a garbage bag was floating around Rio Tinto stadium? And like it floated toward the goal and everyone started cheering. I, like recently? No, it was it was some years ago. I, I don't remember it that. That's hilarious, Tinto, though. though. I remember like stuff like that happening and people cheering, but yeah. was this like in the game during the game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I could believe moment. that. If anyone remembers what game that was, please uh, tweet at <laughs> us. No. We need to know what the garbage the bag pop game doctor. was. Yeah. <laughs> be at the pod doctors they'll be they'll love some engagement um, i just saw some consternation on twitter from people getting upset that people were lying about the aston villa game to like get people excited and that like. just made me laugh a lot that yeah, whole idea pretty, like, very funny and very evil but like yeah but also like totally harmless oh yeah it's light evil <laughs> evil light a minor my, which is my favorite version of evil yeah oh, man speaking of evil should we talk uh, RSL? Is that the is that the transition? Uh, I I mean, look, we're playing with some evil energy lately. I'm not saying it's bad inherently, but we've got well, some we've, evil. We've made a deal. I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, we, there's some, someone. <laughs> someone is going home to a very chaotic house that every night and in the RSL org, and I don't know who it is, but I appreciate their sacrifice. Yeah. Um. But speaking of the dark arts, there's. There we go. The second oh, one. Perfect. News David and Ochoa. rumors. Yeah. So David Ochoa uh, played for Real Monarchs. Not days after we uh, talked about how he was probably never going to play again or something like that. Uh, so I hope you didn't listen to that episode. No, I think we were talking about, or if we didn't, we should have talked about how the team can't get on the same page about David Ochoa. Well, should, like, we, he's, should we he's, like, straight up address that one soapbox comment? Sure, I was addressing the Mauer tweet no. where he was talking where basically we've outlined that Elliot and Pablo um have given like 
five different reasons at different times for why yeah. um, David Ochoa was not playing. And it's been gone from like a quad injury to a finger injury to coach's decision to finger injury to quad injury. Like it's insane. Like nobody knows anything about David Ochoa except it obviously seems like the team does not want to play him right now. And that's bad. Yeah. It may well be the case, but he did play and, for Real Monarchs. So there's at least yeah. a, there's, there's glimmer there, right? Always a good sign when you're player that was your like face of the organization at the beginning of the season is now playing for your minor league team yeah you know who needs to play for real monarchs uh i forgot tomas no. gomez who probably hasn't played professional game in like a year i maybe he played more recently i don't know let's see i don't think so who scored tomas gomez no he i guess he was on a some other team last year that he played some minutes yeah. for yeah like San Antonio or something, wasn't it? Sacramento, maybe? Started with an S, anyway. It's all San the same. San Diego? Uh, what's another S team? Uh, uh, Syracuse? Syracuse? <laughs> uh, Sears FC? Uh, Santa Clara? Oh. San, San Jose. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes. Oh, yeah. He was In any case. For. Anyway, <laughs> David Ochoa played for the Monarchs last week. Uh, gave up three goals, which I'm not at all going to blame on Ochoa. I'm just going to blame on the Monarchs being generally a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. But also still not great that your really good goalkeeper is giving up three goals in a game. But whatever. Okay. Yeah. Hasn't quite been a like, year that's just an optics Gomez. thing. Uh, he yeah. last played uh, the 29th of August. Yeah, August. Uh, and then didn't play the back half of the USL season, which is For interesting. Who? Sacramento. Oh, okay. So it was. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then he got signed to an MLS deal. Good for him. Yeah. So I, I was thinking, I, I, what article was that comment posted on, Matt? Do you remember? No, but I can easily find it. Well, I, I have the comment pulled up. Oh, okay. I was just yeah. curious what Start the comment was. It was, uh, Oh, it was making sense of the David Ochoa rumors. Yeah. Oh, I know a comment. Well, okay, go ahead. This is yeah, a good comment. It is good because I think that, I mean, I don't want to say we were called out, I guess, but like there is, I mean, I think that there's something valuable with that comment. Anyway, so it said from Brandon.wild.9, sorry for blowing up your spot, but whatever, you posted it on a public website. Um, <laughs> uh, I have two thoughts and I've been sitting on them all year with the knowledge that this particular discussion would come at some point. There are certain storylines you know will pop up as an RSL fan every single season. So here goes. One, RSL clearly has a playbook for losing its young talent on free transfers and it goes something like this. A, stop, pay stop playing the young player in favor of older, less exciting, less upside player. B, throw out a bunch of vague excuses for young players' lack of playing time. C, various RSL podcasts and soapbox writers start getting rumors from unnamed sources inside the club that a player has attitude professionalism problems or is it locker room cancer? D, said player leaves on a free transfer. E, much of the RSL fan base buys all of this and says good riddance. Now, I'm not in the room either. I don't know anything about anything. I've just seen this process play out enough times in the exact same way that I have a hard time swallowing it anymore. Um, that's the first half. Thoughts yeah. about that? <laughs> I don't know that that's like... like the only thing I would disagree on is that like that exact lineup of a play hasn't played out exactly like that's pretty good description of the David Ochoa thing. I don't know that that's sure. truly like what happens with a lot of players. The only other one that really comes to mind is Salcedo and 
we had some of like the we had like um we would hear maybe, like maybe in training yeah so like i mean the first one i think was salcedo that i think we heard about bofo was another one yep. D- uh, danny acosta was another one that like comes to mind yeah okay so okay um, so maybe it has happened more than but, i can yeah think of. and i mean like he he is right because i think that like we 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 feel those tides change obviously yeah um but one thing that i think is really important to focus on and like he says now i'm not in the room either i don't know anything about anything i've just seen the process play out enough times like i've seen um you know other things like you know you you can't control what a player chooses to do like you can't force like we mentioned on our last episode that david Achille was offered a bigger contract or a, a big contract that was a lot more than what he's making now um, and then like, I've seen the discussion, like you can't force a player to sign a new contract, which I mean is right, but I think, and you can't like change a player's attitude toward things, but I think a big, like an important piece of player management is actually being able to navigate like players with like certain attitudes or certain like behaviors or whatever. Like that's not something that's unique to RSL. Yeah. I don't, no, no, no. I don't know that I like that line of thinking that it's like well we did everything we could we offered him a big contract like what are you gonna do like yeah i don't really if you offer a player a big contract and they don't sign it like there's other things going on sure that are a problem at the club whether it's just for that player or not like that means you're not doing everything you could you could have created a culture or you could have created a an atmosphere or catered to that player a little bit more, like whatever. There's a lot of things you could have done. You don't just get to be like, well, we offered him a big contract. He didn't want to sign it. What are you going to do? Like, yeah, there's more to it than that. And then like, yeah, like I mentioned, like that player management thing is like way more holistic than just offering contracts, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and like parts of this, obviously it was different because he, I mean, he's not a homegrown, but like we, I mean, the same type of playbook was, was rolled out about Albert Rusnak. Um, uh, like specifically the like the discussion around like like he never should have been captain or whatever or like the one true captain was Demir Krylock or whatever like all, all all those different things and like you know <clears throat> losing him on a free and then David Ochoa the next year is doesn't look great no um, especially no it does not especially when the story around signing Albert and the story around David Ochoa was like from the jump. These guys aren't going to be here forever. We're going to get what we can out of them. Exactly. And then at the end of it, we're going to sell them for money. Exactly. Yeah, when, that's when, your story yeah. going into it. And the mm-hmm. end of that story is we got a couple of good years out of them, or in David Ochoa's case, a couple of good games out of them, <laughs> a couple oh. of good memes. And then he leaves memes. on a free, like we got a bunch of free promo out of David Ochoa. Like that's, that's really like the most, the most he did for this club. Like he didn't have an amazing year last year. Not really. We, he had a couple we, of good saves, but like you could argue that David Ochoa took RSL to the Western Conference Final. You oh, could, I guess you, you could, could argue, argue that. Right. But like, I mean, but uh, you know, Savarino was a really good example of, and it is it is kind of ironic, of course, that he's back. But like, Savarino was a good example of a player that we sold at like the like the right time. Yeah, and again, it was and which was understood was an think. example of a success. He came in, and we all yeah. kind of knew he wasn't going to be here forever. Yeah, and, and we, we succeeded. I mean, we, but, we always knew that about Albert, like you're saying as well. Like he never shied away from saying that he had aspirations to go to Europe. So the fact that we ended up losing him on a free to Seattle is even like funnier. Yeah, but like we, 
exactly what you're saying. Like David Ochoa as well. Like was he, he training with Manchester United a few years ago? Is that what it was? I can't remember what it was. What yeah. It yeah. Was. I think it was 16 and training with Manchester <clears throat> United. So like we know, a terrible team to train with. Oh, yeah, being I called into the Mexican national team. Like, yeah, yeah, we know this guy has always had aspirations to play elsewhere. It's like letting it get to a point where the thing that's standing in between us getting anything for his transfer and not is the fact that he's saying no to a contract is like the last domino to fall in like a lot of dominoes. Yeah. And yeah. you can so, reflect on like what RSL used to do right in these situations. And certainly we didn't have players quite at this level. Uh, it was an earlier stage of MLS, but Garth Lagerway would talk a lot about doing the right thing for the player. Um, and in some sense, there's a PR piece there, right? Sure. Uh, when things don't work out the way you want them to, you find another way to present it, um, if that is indeed true. And I think it was usually actually the case that it was you know, usually the right thing for the player. But, um, yeah. but now Even- it sort of feels like we keep them around until they say, all right, I'm going to go now. Uh, and and that doesn't serve anybody. It, it paints the club in a batter, a batter. Oh, oh no, <laughs> a worse light. Uh, and you know it, it paints the player in a worse light for fans. Sure. Well, but that's the other thing is when Garth said like we're going to do right by the player and give them what they want. Like Borchers is the one that comes to mind for me. He still got something for those players. We got yeah. you know, a lot of allocation money back for Borchers. You know what I mean? Anytime we sent a player somewhere like. We traded him and we got something in return. So yeah. it wasn't just a PR spin. Like it, it was for sure, but also we got something for it. Like you don't give a, give up that kind of player for nothing, which is what we're doing lately. Yeah. And I, I yeah. should mention, I, I don't think PR spin is a bad thing in this case. No PR should be, I think an organizational strategy for the way you present your club to the public. Uh, to to fans specifically, but also the the broader public. And uh, I don't know. I'm not saying the club is no, not well trained in PR, but uh, it it is interesting when you have people like Pablo Mastroeni and Elliot Fall almost contradicting each other like within two hours. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And anyway. it's uh, it's a problem. The second part of his comments is RSL and its many ministers of propaganda. I don't, it, it might be us. I don't know. No. <laughs> like to think not. <laughs> of course not. We're the club would not. Yeah, we're not, we're not ministers. Um, that's right. <laughs> I do love propaganda, though. Love to wax poetic about how RSL is a team that develops young talent. We are also told ad nauseum that the RSL Academy is the best academy in all of MLS. And yet for much of its history... The only thing that appears to produce with any consistency consistency is unprofessional players with bad attitudes. <laughs> uh, since Gladden Herrera, however, many years ago, the RSL, the Academy slash RSL hasn't produced anyone that has made a substantial long-term impact on the quality of play for the first team, nor has it produced a player that RSL was able to sell for a notable profit. I'm just starting to wonder if the RSL Academy just might be a money pit that is holding this organization back. Certainly, I am tired of hearing anyone brag about the greatness of the academy. At some point, RSL needs to just put up or shut up about the academy and developing young players. And just a final footnote here, in reference to those who are reflecting on Ochoa's huge ego, I do think he has a huge ego, and that's kind of why I love him. It's part of being a professional athlete, as far as I can tell. I think RSL and its fan base need to grow the F star 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 up and stop expecting to build success by somehow finding a team of Demir Krylocks. Because for every Demir Krylock in the world, there are a million players with huge egos. And the nice guys aren't usually the ones that are winning. You can have at me for that last take. I'm ready for it. 
I don't think I'll have Adam for the last take. I think that that's pretty fair, especially like, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like what, like what we were saying. It's like big egos aren't unique to RSL by any means. No. And part of managing a team, an organization or whatever is being able to manage those egos. It takes so, a certain ego to want to be a professional athlete in the first place. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. Like a lot of the great coaches and managers in other sports are good coaches and managers, not because they like come up with some brilliant new offensive or defensive strategy or tactic or whatever. Like it's just simply because they can get, I'm thinking of basketball here. They can get like the three biggest egos in the league to play together. Like yeah. that's what creates championship teams in that league is just simple like man management. So I, you're also we're also coached by a guy that is almost essentially all all ego i'm not saying like he's super arrogant but like his entire thing is like him his like what he inspires and what he like his beliefs on like it's i mean it's definitely not tactical um it's it's philosophical which i think is very ego driven in in a way which again not saying that's negative or positive that's just is what we're we got here sorry yeah and i i think it's interesting sorry i also sorry Trevor. go ahead go ahead both uh, of us i think it's interesting to note that like ego and arrogance are not not identical right sure they're they're very different ideas yeah. I mean, especially when when the club was like really putting achoa super on like the front lines of all of this uh because of that ego because of the personality that he was yeah, so because well, he was and, a villain and they lent so hard into that and yeah. there is uh plenty of arrogance there right yeah. yeah, and it was fun, and it yeah, it wasn't lasted. necessarily bad. But. Um, the commenter made several points that I wanted to comment on. The last one I don't have any beef with at all. Um, he's exactly right. The one I did want to talk about was the academy. Um, sure. people do wax poetic about the academy, and we have produced a lot of players that have signed professional contracts, and a lot of people like to point to that as like a reason for it being the best academy uh in the league but i i agree that it's i don't agree that like the academy should be torn down and it's not of value to this team um because it definitely is but i would point out that philadelphia union have produced like three total players three or four like not that many a couple of players that have signed homegrown deals and one of them just got sold or is about to be sold to the premier league for 30 million dollars Philadelphia union have already made $9 million off of this kid. And they're about to come into about, I think it's between three to 5 million more when he gets sold to the premier league because of a sell on clause, like on that one player that they produced, which isn't again, he's not the only good player that the Academy has produced But on that one player. They just made back their entire investment. They've made back more money on that one player than RSL has on their entire transfer history of everybody ever. Yeah, combined. Combined. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, we say it with FC Dallas too. Ricardo Pepe. FC Dallas is a great example. Also, and they're just pumping out players. And some of them they didn't even really get properly compensated for. Like Weston McKinney was an FC Dallas Academy product. And he never signed with FC Dallas, just went straight from the Academy to was it Schalke? Yeah. And now he plays for Juve. Like FC Dallas, if you're talking about like quantity of players. Yeah, maybe RSL is number one, but even then, I think FC Dallas still has more people signed to a first team contract by, I don't think it's by a lot, but it's by a couple at least. And they've definitely beat us in the quality 
um, yeah. department. They've developed I mean, way like just better players that have brought in way more money. Like that's where yeah. the academy is a problem for this team. <clears throat> is it does pump out a couple of really good first team players like Gladden Herrera are great examples. Brooks Lennon was one that didn't stick around here, but he's a great first team player for MLS. Um, but we just we can't turn it into money, and that was that's half the point of the academy is to yeah. bring in money by selling players that are too good for RSL or don't want to play yeah. for RSL for whatever reason. And it's looking like that, like by the time speaking of, like with FC Dallas, I mean, obviously Pepe's a huge one. Um, Jesus Ferreira is one of their designated players right now, and he's crushing it in MLS. And I think it's only a matter of time until he moves mm-hmm. uh, somewhere as well. Reggie Cannon is another one that I, he's in Portugal, I think. Yeah. Chris um, Richards is a, is uh, in Italy as well, Brian, I think. Yeah, Brian Reynolds. Um, or no, was, Chris Richards is in Germany. Brian Reynolds in Italy. Was, I can't remember if Chris Richards was part of this academy or not, but um, Kellen Pomacall was another one. I think he's back at, uh, or he's he's he's. Do you remember when Pomacall just like murdered us in that <laughs> that like, I think it was, it was a Pet Guerra game. Yeah, um, that was like one of the only games I like ever left early. And it was because I had a friend with me who wanted to leave, but um, <laughs> and it was bad. Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, <laughs> uh, it's, it is interesting also because, uh, I think it's worth noting that the, uh, Academy moved in 2018 from, from Casa Grande, as the white folks would say, uh, to Harriman. Um, and I like, it's, I think it's, we're, we're yet to see what difference that might've made, or uh, I'm interested to see if the, what difference it has made. And I, I guess, I don't know. It might be too early to tell. Yeah, I think it is. Um, We've got a couple of players that are, um, that I think went through the Academy in Utah that are either playing on the Monarchs now, or I think like Jude Wellings and, um, who is it? Beavers, maybe do There's a couple of them, a couple of the like 14, 15 year old kids that, um, like went through the Utah Academy rather than Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. I mean, yeah. another one of them. He's signed with the Monarchs. I mean, if we're going by like transfer market and we're looking at like players by like their market value um, that came out of the RSL Academy, like the the biggest one, Carlos Salcedo. Then yeah. it's Aaron Herrera, Justin Glad, Corey Baird is listed. Oh, yeah, for. Baird was another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we got um, a pretty healthy chunk of uh, allocation money for Baird. Back for him. Yeah. yeah, but like when we when we think about these guys, like when we're looking at their birthday years, like Achoa is like far and away um like one of the highest on here but it's like salcedo in 93 aaron herrera 97 glad 97 bear 96 salcedo 97 brooks lennon 97 achoa 2001 holt 96 brody 95 um and then fanny cavita 93 yeah um yeah i mean like none of these guys total like all put together hit like what i mean Pepe is worth right now, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I should is, note that uh, Fanny Kavita did go to elementary school with Jimmy. Oh, did he? Uh, did he really? In the same class. Yeah, um, that's that's really funny. I used I played against him a few times actually. That um, is that is before the academy, but um, yeah, just it is interesting. Like, I, I mean, I like, I don't think his like criticisms are unwarranted. I really like appreciated that comment because, um, like we have a lot of unproven talent and we have the monarchs 
that are made up of a lot of these kids that have come out of the academy that have signed professional contracts that i mean the monarchs are just getting smoked week to week they haven't won a game in <laughs> they haven't won a game all season <laughs> but yeah um, I mean, and, and like they're, they're playing against other teams that are trying to develop youth as well. So, I mean, that's part of it. That's that's something that I think should uh, that causes me a little bit of concern. But like, you know, we are probably younger than most teams in MLS next pro. Um, but yeah, I yeah, don't know. My, my concern with the academy is not so much with the academy itself um, or that it moved to Utah or any of that stuff. It's just that. It's mostly a concern with the way that Elliot Fall builds a roster, and it just seems to be like we sign three or four academy kids every offseason, and that's like our first go-to for like, we need bodies, Sure, and some of them stick. Like Eric Holt has managed to like kind of turn me around a little bit. Sam, yeah. he's He's not gr- brilliant. He's not great. He's not a starter, but like he's a good role player, and we developed that. Like that counts for something. Yeah, developing um, a solid MLS like depth center back and yeah, like or like, starter in some cases, but that counts for something. But at the same time, like we've got six or seven guys on the roster now who are just straight like practice squad guys. Like they've never seen an MLS minute, and they may never see an MLS minute. Um, and a bunch of them are like fourteen, so yeah, and, and they're just like children. In, yeah. And yeah, this no, is it's, unique it, to it was, This is happening across no. MLS. Sure. Totally. But it just seems like it's, I don't know. I just don't like that game plan of let's just sign a whole bunch of M or practice squad guys from the academy and then call it a successful academy system. Because, because, that, because they made, they signed an MLS contract. And yeah. And I mean, it's, there's a bunch of players. It's probably like, I haven't gone through the numbers, but I'll bet 50% of the players um, have like less than a thousand MLS minutes before they just retire from soccer. I mean, what does like, Chris Garcia have? That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of them are like Chris Garcia's <laughs> I mean, where they play a bunch of preseason and they'll play a bunch for the Monarchs and then they just fizzle out and either move to another USL team or just like stop playing soccer. When and like it's entirely old. unclear to me if Chris Garcia is in the actually is actually in the future plans of Real Salt Lake as a as as an MLS team. Yeah. Like, is he or is he not? <laughs> and if he is, then why would we, why would he have had a senior roster spot all these, like, I don't know how many, is this his third year on the senior he roster? Was second or third. He was on wow. loan to Young Skile. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was what? on loan last year, but I think yeah. the year before that was his first year. So I think this would make it three years or yeah, this is his I, I third mean, year. And I, I, I mentioned this to you guys earlier, but it, like, this is just another example of how, <laughs> Like dumb, not having these open cup games is it's just because that's yeah. another opportunity to give guys like like reps. Um, yeah, and it was a really half-assed effort against the Northern Hailstorm or whatever to to like to say you're taking you're making it a priority and then to like if if you're gonna put out what you did, <laughs> it might as well like commit to it and put out like a actual like academy roster. So well, and that I mean. That's my whole problem with it is I feel like they did do that. Well, I they said they're going to make it a priority, but then put out like, you know, right. we had Ruby or being like put put in. Axel my K beef is there. with them saying that they made it a priority and then did that. If they wanted to, like I said, if they just wanted to put out an academy team, yeah, that's pretty much what they did. I, I they, put, they out, put out a Monarchs team. Put out a Monarchs team, not in the, like a, I would love to have seen 
like these 14, 15, 16 year old kids that are on first team deals playing in that game. And you know what it would be like for them? It would be be like like their their own World World Cup. Cup. (laughs) (laughs) Their own personal World Cup. It's like your own little personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut and you get your own little World Cup. Hey, (laughs) it's nice. Kids, if you uh, if you want to always have your own pizza, uh, consider going gluten free. No one that's, else will want your pizza, so that's honestly, yeah, a great point. Everyone yeah, will let you order whatever you want because gluten free pizza is really bad. Yeah, but it's it's actually okay. You have to suffer. I mean, I feel bad like saying that to you too. Sometimes it can be. I will say it. Sometimes it can bad. be, but I will say that um, the best one of the most the best ones I've had recently was this pineapple jackfruit pizza I had from Zest. I feel like I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, in fact. I might go there on Thursday. I'm coming yeah. downtown on Thursday, so maybe I'll, I'll go to Zest. But they have this just incredible. It's like a pineapple. Zest is 100% vegan and gluten-free. So it's perfect for me. Um, Matt may not. It might not be up to his standards. But I no, it's good. I think it's delicious. And that had jalapeno. It was just a, it was just a great pizza. Anyway, uh, thank you, um, Brandon, for that comment. Because I... I don't know. I just like, I don't want to ever feel like, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. This isn't necessarily what I extrapolated from his comment, but I just don't want him, anyone to feel like we're just repeating the club's PR points. Cause I mean, they would, the club would certainly not agree with, <laughs> with that assessment. Yeah. But, uh, um, no, and I, I think we've been given or we've seen like the club's PR spin on some things before. And we, I think do a pretty good job of not really like, just blindly repeating it i think so too um but i mean if you disagree i dare you to kick me in the face or something no don't kick kyle in the face i could i could use a good kick to the face maybe but Mm. no um, comment oh wow (laughs) don't we know i just will instead we'll just not get invited to dinner uh what's going on with uh gustavo (laughs) what's going on with cuellar i almost said henry cuellar which is that awful representative in texas losing to jessica cisneros right now Uh, can we doesn't uh, look like there's anything now can i make uh uh, an edict is that what you do you make an edict or proclaim an edict or yeah hand down an edict i don't know uh let's stop talking about quayar let's just forget about quayar rumors are still there that he'll sign it's on the document trevor it's on the document we can't talk about it let's talk about it today and then going forward until he's like signed for the club stop talking about it the wind the summer window isn't open it won't be open for a while he can't come to this team right now i don't care about there, there are two things that happen on this podcast we do social hour. We check Mike Pecky's tweets. <laughs> That's true. And then two. the Quayar thing. Oh, sure. we're going to have to give up one of those. All right. Um, I'd be okay to give up Quayar. I will say uh, his injury looks like it was less severe than uh, feared. So that's uh, a good sign if RSL does sign him. I just cool. don't want, like, I'm he, over it. Like, we're definitely coming of Kyle Beckerman. Cool. Great. Let's <laughs> talk about it when he's actually here then. Like Wait, nobody nobody is saying that Cuellar is not a good player. I think he's probably better than most of the players on this team. He would certainly okay. help this team. We've been over that. 
I just don't want to keep rehashing. Oh, did he play this weekend? I'm oh, telling did you, he talk to his agent? Talk, oh, do we have new rumors? Okay. I don't Consult care management. About it's on the document, dude. We <laughs> we understand more than anyone that we get our document and we talk about what's on it. I'm no, sorry. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not saying we can't talk about like, it today. I'm saying okay. I see that he's on the dock. I'm not saying we need to take him off the dock today. I'm I mean, saying next time we record one of these podcasts, before we even consider putting him on the dock, let's we don't, just we don't control the dock. You know this. Says we're not putting it on the dock. It's Trey not going to be on the dock. The dock. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Our propaganda master controls the dock. That's right. Hold no, on. I don't care to hear Central about Quayar. I don't care to discuss Quayar. I think anybody that's so like still bought in on Quayar is a little bit silly. Because People like, don't understand that there's a fourth person on this podcast that just controls the document for us. <laughs> and I think I'm seeing some live updates. Yeah. Uh-oh. What is it? Wait, did you delete <laughs> everything? <laughs> no. No, he just started episode oh, 92. Next week, like, he's already got Koyar on there. Well, yeah. it's on there. So, no, I don't know who he is. They, whoever that person is that's controlling the document, did Thank put you, Koyar uh, update propaganda on overlord. All right, um, so that's Maybe all the Koyar update Koyar. for next week could be confirming the results of this election in Texas. Oh, you don't, you're not cool. specifying it's Gustavo or Henry Koyar. Yeah. Um, so, or, yeah, you. Sorry, the other person. Probably. <laughs> I meant when I said you, I meant Nick. <laughs> Anyway, that's you. that's all I had on Quayar is that he is not injured. Okay. Uh, next next item. For someone who is injured. Yeah, uh Demir Krylik. Yes. Who why is he still listed day to day on the injury I mean, report? Pablo because the injury report is a lie. It's been a well, lie all season. We well, just no. we're operating under the premise that nothing that's on the injury report is like actual truth we appreciate that they're putting it out and that they're specifying like what the injury is but like i don't believe it i mean we've had elliot fall and pablo we talked about this elliot and pablo don't have any clue what's going on with david ochoa because they both listed two different injuries and then it turned into a coach's (laughs) decision to not play him and then like whatever so like very negative podcast from you i know wow we had clay hour on the the document one time ever so bad he's been been on the document every (laughs) single episode this season hold on i'm gonna double check that we oh, talked about Koyar. He was not on the document last single time. episode. We might have mentioned him though. Or he was not a ninety or eighty nine. Okay, so All right. anyway, the injury Pablo report did go on is the radio, lie. But Pablo did go on the radio saying that he was day to day, right? Like, he's he done that like yeah. twice now. I think Which he did is that so funny today. He said that. Is it day to day? And also, we will probably see him after the break. And by break, that means the international break in early June. Yeah, and hopefully not uh, a different break. Oh, I don't man, know what the break would be. The postseason break? The all-star break? Do we have an all-star break in this league? It's in August, and I think it, it's one weekend, but I don't Yeah. It's not much, and teams still sometimes play midweek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go MLS. Um, yeah, so... Is it confirmed that he has a herniated disc? I don't think so. I think it's confirmed that it's been, it's been called a nerve issue. And in his back, and a lot of people were like, it, that sounds like a herniated disc. Somebody called it a herniated disc. And I... Was it like Pablo or Elliot or somebody from the team? I think it was Pablo, but let's double check. Because I thought a lot of people were like, well, it sounds like a herniated disc. And mm. I remember when I had a herniated disc. And yeah, that's how I thought the conversation okay. evolved. But maybe it is a herniated um, disc. Anyway. I don't know. It's a thing where he's got a thing with his back and apparently like two or three doctors have been consulted 
which is not a good sign. That's usually a sign that like you're looking for one answer and you'll go find any doctor that will tell you that one answer. And you're going to go with that doctor that gives you that one answer, regardless of how many other doctors you talk to. Ooh, that's that's interesting. I wonder. It's it's to make a recent comparison. It's the Donovan Mitchell scenario. He had his doctor that was like his ankle's fine. And the team doctor was like, it's not fine. And Donovan Mitchell was like, I'm going to go with my doctor that says it's fine. And then it ended up not being fine. Right. Because um, that's not the point. You just want an answer and you're yeah. going to find a doctor that will tell you that answer and you're going to go with that. I don't yeah. know what the answer that they're looking for for Demir is. I imagine it's he's 100% fine. Yeah. That, but it is interesting. Seeking that he's second seeking, and third opinions yeah. on it. So the seeking a second opinion thing is weird to me if it's if if unless it's exactly what you just said. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so the last time he played, <laughs> Ooh, I keep which I hate. Like Bad. I hate to think about. Yeah. Um, oh. Was the game at, at New York City FC where we got pummeled and he played a full 90 and I guess injured something during that game. Or they injured it? I it's hard to say. It is still astounding to me that he went full 90 in a game like that after coming <laughs> back from totally injury. Totally unnecessarily. He uh, could have been subbed at half. Like that he was no been subbed at half in that game. Right, but to be clear, like we're we're not talking about. Hang on, how do I want to say this? He was coming back from an injury, and it was an injury that apparently he's been dealing with for the entire season up to that point. Right, I thought it was something else before, wasn't it? It was the pre. There was a preseason injury that we weren't really told about. He had a calf strain. Yeah, he had a calf strain, and then he played against Houston, and then he aggravated that same injury, and then he I. Did he play another game somewhere in there? Yeah, he's played five games total. Okay. Then he played a little bit, but yeah, this was in the week when we were playing the Open Cup game, and the Open Cup game was after the New York City FC game. So he definitely could have been subbed out at the time that they anticipate that he might have been injured. He could have been subbed out well before that, or he could have been subbed out well after that, because there was never a point in the game where it like did not make sense to sub out Demir. Because we got behind early and we stayed behind and we were playing like crap all day. And we had a midweek game that apparently was a priority. (laughs) And we had a guy that was apparently already dealing with some kind of like injury that he was playing through or just recovering from. Like there's a million reasons why it was very stupid for him to play all 90 minutes. And yeah, yeah, whoever made that decision. It was a very bad decision. I have bad news for you, Trevor. What's that? The person that made that decision also determines what's on the document each episode. (laughs) <laughs> unlucky yeah. oh man that's tough. That's good. yeah anyway so i mean the other part is that like i i'm i'm kind of going getting on in alex mauer territory here but like i don't know if he's healthy where does he fit on this roster with especially with sovereigno coming back like i'm not i'm I honestly have no idea. Like we're playing this empty bucket formation. Would he be a second striker in the empty bucket formation? Is that is that the idea? I, I got no idea. I don't. I don't like, he's not an empty bucket player, right? Like no. Like I can't think of assuming unless he's unless we go back to believing that he was what he was, which like could play in that midfield of an empty bucket, but seemingly has no, forgotten I, how to do that for RSL. Um, it's weird. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like say he's healthy. It, it really sucks that he's not. But say he is, I don't, 
I don't know. There's not a <laughs> position or a formation that like he like immediately slots into, or at least not a it's like, position or formation that we've seen this year. Exactly. That's so like, is like it a we just have to change one? something kind of completely to fit him in. Which is kind of weird because we've been having, I mean, we'll get to, but we've been having at least some recent success with what we've been doing, I guess. Yeah. Um, the results are there. The results Whether are there. Whether it's a and result I'm, of what we're doing on the, like, the way we're setting out to play, I think is to be determined, it is, right? It is interesting. Yeah. And I, um, well, I, I, well, we'll get to yeah. Montreal, but um yeah, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know where he fits if he is healthy. So I think there's a couple of different positions that like you could put him in, but yeah, I mean, like, like I, ideally, what I think he would work best in as, <laughs> excuse me, is like a front four, but it's like the front four is like a three-one kind of thing. So like the one would be like Bobby, and then yeah, you have so two like, wingers, and then like a, a four-two-three-one, something like that. I, I don't really care about the back half of the field um wow because well just because that can also be a couple different things and it doesn't really affect we just how yeah, play, think, you know what i mean i just i'm seeing a new segment introduced on the dock that's calling back half of the field love so i think it's important that we do that next time where you have to talk about the things you love about the back half of the field okay. Trevor. <laughs> uh but no so we, he could also be like in a midfield three with like pablo as like pablo Ruiz as like the kind of in like a four three three kind of scenario, where like um Spenno was talking about this with like Paulo and then Demir and No, it was I think it was with Caldwell and then Paulo and Demir like or pushing Loffelson, forward or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or no, or Leffelson. Like this we'll team have... is pretty well built for a four three three, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, with Sovereign coming in. That's the thing. I think this team he can fit in a number of different places, and the only like up front we've got enough players that are good enough that we can kind of maneuver it around to just like make it work. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of, this is one of those um, like Bruce arena situations where he likes to just be like formations don't matter. Those numbers, like they don't mean anything. It's just like you give players roles sure. and like generally positions to play. And it's not really like a formation that they're playing. They each just have a role to fill and they're just playing soccer with the idea that their job is to do X, Y, and Z, and they're just going to do that at whatever point on the field they are. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of what you kind of have to do is not really I a free floating. Everybody just play whatever, but like Dami is a good player and you just kind of have to have your best player on the field. And yeah, it, you can figure out the formation if you want, but really he's just got to be there and he's got to be on offense an offensive player. Yeah. It, yeah, it is interesting because like the club would like to think of, of him as a 10, I think, at this point, which is a little unfortunate because I don't think he's got quite like the creative chops for that. But yeah. I mean, he is the weird like he's not a true nine. He's not really a false nine because he doesn't play back the goal. It's just, it's it's I, I don't know, man. We've created a bit of a monster here, I think. Yeah. Or in me, a good way, me, a really beautiful, sweet monster. But man, throw this out and you guys tell me what you think. I feel like he's more of like a Wayne Rooney type striker. Where like he's he's a striker, like, but he just plays young. a lot like plays a lot deeper. Like he plays with his he doesn't I mean, do really hold the play. He brings the ball forward from like a deeper position. Like he can pass it, but he can also shoot it. He's not really a creative assist guy, but he's just a striker that just plays deeper. He's probably better at math than Wayne Rooney. Probably. I hope. I, I think mean, he's undoubtedly. probably got a better wife too. Um <laughs> 
Uh, oh, we should talk about that next episode too. <laughs> next segment, we should do the Rooney Vardy saga. <laughs> we should full well, we breakdown, a, a special like uh, mini special series. episode, fantastic, yeah. dedicated serial style, yeah. Yeah. a true yeah. crime podcast. That's that eight episodes awesome. about the wag at the Christie trial. Yeah, if any if anybody can uh, plunk on a little piano for us to make a serial <laughs> style theme. Um, so speaking of uh, RSL's best player, uh, Demir Krylik actually doesn't think he's the best player. No surprise there. He has uh, zero ego, for better or worse. Uh, I don't think that's a... It's a, a becoming trait of his, but it's not like a defining trait for me. Anyway, uh, Demir Krylik says that uh, Sovereigno is actually our best player. And that oh, man did he is really? actually back and was photographed at the Salt Lake City Airport today. Yeah. Today, he's back. Yeah, and a- Andy Munoz did a quick interview with him for KSL, which I don't think I had heard Andy, Andy speak Spanish like that before. But oh. um, but yeah, so, dude, Sava's just, I mean, it is endearing that he's just stoked to be back. Yeah. Um, and it seems like he really value, I, 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 it, it's pretty clear that he's just like, I mean, it's it is like little things sometimes, like him like retweeting the result from the from the Montreal game is just kind of like cute. Like he's not even here yet, but like yeah. he's yeah. Just, clearly there's just cares. things like that that are just you know you 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 do like to see. Um, I'm really yeah, I'm just really excited he's back. But yeah, so and kind of funnily, funny, funnily, funnel e enough like the club's been essentially selling tickets on the on the on the uh predicate premise. that he's premise that's the word <laughs> that he's going to be playing on saturday so like they're so, doing the sovereign ticket special so let's yeah. get uh let's get your opinion on this guys give me a yeah. number as Seven. a percentage of how, how how did i just percentage you saying numbers Yes, you did. You threw me off. Um, how likely is it that Jefferson Sovereigno is going to play more than five minutes on Saturday? Eighty percent. I think at a minimum he plays. I think he. I think Pablo's received a directive from on high that he will be playing <laughs> at least thirty-five minutes. I think if he comes in, if he doesn't start and he doesn't come in after, if he doesn't start, he's coming in. Because uh, I mean, he's in, he's not. It's not like he hasn't been playing. Um, he hasn't been with the team, which is kind right. of funny. But like, who, he's who gonna, cares, dude? Like, he's gonna have with like this team three or four cares? training yeah. sessions before. Doesn't matter. Like, when okay. when have we seen? We we hadn't seen uh, Jasper Lafelson and his midfield pairing together the last two different games. Like, we had. Um, I guess wait. Who, so we had Jasper and Pablo for the Montreal game. Who was he? Who was he with in the midfield for the Scotty Caldwell? Yeah, like. Yeah, we had the the two blonde menaces in the <laughs> in the midfield, um, the Luke Mulhollands, if you will. Oh, no. uh, we like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm like increasingly agnostic on any of that stuff mattering at this point for this team. Like, yeah, I like, yeah, I don't know, man. It seems. From like a, this is the thing. From like a traditional soccer team, how it runs, how it operates, yeah. standpoint, I think that there's like a ten percent chance that he plays more than five minutes. Like I really? think they give him a you quick really run think, out. Do they have to? They've like, been selling tickets on it. The fact no, that they've that, been selling tickets, there's like a pre-agreed upon thing that he's going to be in there for like thirty-five minutes, sixty-fifth minute. He's or 
Wait, that's 25. Five, but how is that? Sti- how is that like? That seems like the most RSL team yeah. thing for them to do to be like, let's sell tickets on Sovereign being there. And then he gets here and it turns out he can't really play for more than five or 10 minutes. There's no or like way. a coach is just like, no, I'm going to play it my way. I'm not going to be told what to do. Like, I mean, so, yeah. that all just seems like, like so on brand for this team for it that might. to happen. It, it would be very funny. Although I, I suspect that Pablo would be like really on board with the, the vibes of it all right I yeah think so that's, that's the other like, side of it i think this team runs on straight vibes like 91 octane vibes right now and do you think it needs that's to the vibes do thing to do get by an 88 not at this elevation <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, that they're just running on vibes and the vibes right now are just play sovereign i think they I would think so start too. him if they thought he could go 60 minutes Dude, I, I think, think so play too him. they're I gonna play he's gonna go 90 minutes Oh my god! He's gonna Can score you, three goals. If he starts, seven goals. The the most vibes based thing Pablo could do would be to start Saverino on Saturday. He flew in on a Tuesday. He's gonna train with the team. Maybe starting tomorrow. Like Wednesday, I don't, Thursday, Friday. He's if at a minimum Thursday, Friday, and then we play Saturday, and he could start. I don't know. I honestly have oh, no he, idea. He's I'm gonna not, start. I'm done making predictions about what this team's going to do. And you it's know insane. he's going to play a 10, It's a right? fool's errand. If he starts, I'll be stoked. I like, I, whatever, okay, man. Will you be stoked if he does play the 10? Uh, if he starts no. and plays the 10? We don't, we don't even play with a 10 anyway is the thing. So, yeah. like, I'm assuming we're going to, well, okay. Are we, we're almost, well, let's get to the Montreal game maybe. Right. And then, yeah, because I'm curious. That's a good idea. Oh, uh, yeah. So. Well, let's talk about the power rankings, I guess, because that's important to people. Yeah. We placed ninth. Yeah. Cool. Moving on. Uh, no, the MLS article <laughs> is actually uh, really worth reading. No, uh, it's. I but, read it and I was like, "This is exactly how I feel about this team." Uh, all right. After this Montreal game. Um. So we'll skip the first paragraph. It is worth reading, but we're strapped for time. We're not really strapped for time. <laughs> yeah, something we're really worried about on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. Look, why waste time trying to explain any of this when we can sit back and enjoy this? Don't overthink it. Just take in the fact this team is on a home playoff pace with wins against Seattle, New England, Nashville, LA, who must be LA Galaxy. They should have specified yeah. there. Austin and CF Montreal. Uh, American Soccer Analysis has them nestled between DC United and Chicago <laughs> on expected goal differentials so far this season. But let's stop pretending things like math and science are real when it comes to this team. It's way more fun if you do. Sounds like the Bush presidency. And you know what? The math and science may come around on RSL sometime soon as their schedule gets far easier and they get healthier and their new signings come into the team. For now, just enjoy the ride. Honestly, fair enough. Like, that's yeah. that's exactly what's going on. Like, a lot of the stuff that's happening doesn't make a ton of sense logically, but, and I, yeah. I still don't know how long. Well, just like uh, logically, I don't know how long all of this could continue on this pace. I'm still I am just uh, have really bad flashbacks to when I felt the world crumbling down against San Jose at that midday game last year when we needed a home win to get into the playoffs. Um, And we could not have played worse that day. I think I I don't know. Like I, I still I worry about that type of slide just when. You know, the ex-belief or the ex-vibe uh, 
vibe or the X heart or whatever is like such a big focus. Um, the season's a grind and that stuff can really toward the end of the season can really start to fade away. So I, I'm still worried about that, but like the fact of the matter is, is that we're winning games that like, I didn't think we would. And I think that that transitions well into RSL versus Montreal in which we won a game at Montreal who was tied for the, at the time. I don't know if what they still are, um, but tied for the best team in the East went to Montreal on a Sunday, played a midday game. Everything that we struggle uh, with, this was the first time we've ever gotten, my understanding is any points in Stade Saputo. Yeah. So, first win um, for sure. Yeah. I don't know about points. I mean, but they, first said, win. they said we haven't gotten a result. Uh, and Dunny was saying result. And I, that okay. only made me think that it was points, but maybe we've, we've, we've drawn there before. We don't ever, we like rarely play this team, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, in normal MLS years up until the, like the last few years, we'd only been playing them in Montreal once every other year, right? Is that, is that the thing with something like that? Yeah. I think we've got like a grand total of like four games ever with Montreal. Eight. Or was it three? <laughs> we no. have a, at it, least it's more than the third that. game it's that like we've like ever 10. played. It's like 10 or 11 or something like total. No, because um, we talked about the thing where they, we've only had like one win or one draw or was that somebody else? Somebody else. That was Austin probably. Yeah. Uh, that's probably okay. I'm completely Yeah, wrong no, there. we, this was our, uh, 10th game against Montreal. Okay. Uh, the home team won all of them except two matches at Rio Tinto Stadium that ended in a 1-1 draw. So we hadn't even drawn in Montreal. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. So. <laughs> Montreal is I mean, now fourth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, we, we, they were tied and we knocked them down a bit. Um so just uh, like we can just quickly go through the game, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so Justin could not have had a worse start to this game, which, um, you know, we, we get scored on through uh, some nice play uh, that was finished by Georgie Mihailovic, but it was uh, just it wasn't great defending. It wasn't good midfield tracking. It wasn't good. Like anything And a simple, like cutback really just took out like two of our guys and left Georgie with an open shot inside, like at the penalty spot. Yeah. It was, um, that, that pass came from what people are now calling the assist zone, which I think is actually yeah. really interesting. That's what Schmetzer was, was talking about, but it's, it's the thing that Pep Guardiola is obsessed with. Right. Yeah. So like, um, when you get a ball that's like essentially on the on e either end of the six and you play it, you know, it, like across or diagonally toward the top of the six or the top or the penalty spot, like that's the assist zone. And that's where like a lot of coaches are incredibly focused on players having the ball and passing the ball in because um, turns out you can have a lot of success like that. And Manchester City has almost built their entire um identity on scoring a lot of goals from that exact uh, well, and that position. was that was a big part of i mean rsl's play earlier this season and last year um and we had crosses into demir but we also had guys getting into the box and just putting the ball towards the penalty spot like yeah. that i mean you're sure. right like rsl is not the only team montreal is not the only team there's a lot of teams that do that but it's a very common play and it's one that rsl gives up goals on because yeah it, it's basically it's difficult to defend. It's yeah, it's really difficult to defend. It's just it relies on like the second guy getting in between the back line and the middle line, the midfielders tracking yeah. back, and they almost always do. And that's exactly what happened to us 
this time he had and it's exactly how uh, chang scored against austin was a really nice example yeah. of miram getting into that position and then chang being up against uh, like a defender who'd been on his back feet moving backwards who i was a midfielder i believe it was fring and chang like had him on his back feet and was able to fake a shot and clear a lot of space and, yeah. and score so i mean it's it's very clearly effective but um yeah the key is not getting to that position right yeah right. the, the key is you stop them from being able to get to that spot which we failed to do like there was like a back heel involved and then like a, a slice of the ball and then georgie just smoked us 44 seconds in i believe yeah um which was tough <laughs> which i was like which i think is when trevor decided he was not going to watch this one live or maybe it was no that's um, just when i sent the tweet was right after that i didn't watch a second of the game wow on the day of nice perfect okay so then uh we still struggle for a few minutes after that which was um was pretty frustrating i was like okay this is this is this is how today's gonna go in the 16th minute uh they play a ball into was it kyoto i believe yeah the, you're um, talking about the offside goal yeah so play a ball into kyoto who just i'm like just completely bodies justin glad <laughs> like and I, it's not something we see very often because justin at this at this stage of his career is like a pretty decently muscular dude he's he's on the leaner side but he's like a tall tall guy uh just got absolutely worked and uh i in my brain it's a nutmeg but uh, but yeah so a goal was scored he is celebrating it's between zach's legs yep that's right um which sucks but then it was called back for offside so uh all good no harm no foul it was pretty close but it was it was a pretty clear decision um nothing too crazy and then uh i think the game like really changed after that point for some reason um I mean, the thing was, is like, so, uh, we don't score until the second half, but like the, the rest of the first half wasn't super great. I, I wasn't like, uh, you know, totally impressed by what was going on, but I, I felt like we were still getting enough chances where I felt like this game, like we might be able to get some points here. Notably, uh, did Bobby Wood have, so he, he had one chance where he, he forced a, a big save out of their keeper, but he ended up being offside, Yeah, which was so aggravating to hear our broadcast continually refer to this as being like an incredible save that wasn't ca- like they, 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 they were like saying that there should have been more saves on the score sheet because of it. But like, it's, it's another one of those little things that's like not having the broadcast team in person that they like just goes, some of that stuff just goes missed, which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. You know, Bobby Wood had had that chance. Uh, did, the one that he just drilled right off of the keeper's chest, that was also in the first half because it was on that end of the field, right? That was yeah. the one right at the end of the half. It was like the 44th minute or something like that, I think. Yeah. And then, like, in, I will say, uh, Pablo Ruiz had, like, just a, a really good match, I thought. Um, and him taking free kicks <clears throat> and corners so much better than Albert Rusnak. Like that, that, I think that needs to to be said. Um, there was another chance that we had in the 21st minute where he played just a spectacular ball uh, from like a free kick f- 35 yards out. And Miram decided to head the ball and he just like heads it way wide. Way um, but wide. he had, the, free he had a header inside, like on the six, um, which maybe would have been one that you uh, put your foot on instead. 
But I mean, Pablo it's Ruiz had to his foot if he doesn't get his head. I know on it, he right? leaned over in order to head it, and then it just goes right out of bounds, which is just pretty nuts. Uh, Bobby had that crazy header that that was saved in the twenty eighth, which was, um, you know, it was good positioning. It was unfortunate that he was offside, but we also had uh, <clears throat> a moment where um, Bobby, yeah, so Bobby Wood had the. Sh- Oh my gosh. In the 45th minute, like you were saying, Trevor, right before halftime, Bobby Wood has a shot that's like he could not be more open and he's right in front of the six yard box and he just drills it right at the keeper's chest from literally five yards away. Yeah. Um, which is not what you want to see. I, this was a frustrating Bobby match. I think it was pretty clear that he was like our most uh, disappointing, I guess, player on the field. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you probably felt the same thing on the rewatch, Trevor, but like it was a game where I mean he got into some good positions, uh, but just isn't quick enough on the ball. He's not clean enough on the ball. And like when he's he's just not finishing these chances. And I, I don't really he had a he had probably the worst moment of the game in the second half, but um eventually, like we we get to the 55th minute, Pablo Ruiz another corner assist to to, to Justin Glad, like Players were jokingly, or not players, uh, people were jokingly saying on Twitter, uh, like, who's going to be the de- the defender that scores for us this game? Um, and ended up being Justin Glad yep. in the 55th or a 54th, which was a, a really good headed goal and um, like continued to just like really set the tone for the rest of the half. And one thing that I think is really important, like that was evident in the first half and even more evident in the second half is like there was a ton of space for our attackers in between um they they use like pretty heavily attacking fullbacks and we just had a ton of space for our attackers just to move between their left center back and their left wing back you know where and, our t- attackers learn to do that yeah it's Against pretty themselves early in the season <laughs> yep. we just put a gigantic mirror above the field and mm-hmm. it was it was great so um yeah so justin scores a really nice header uh which I mean, it was just great. Um, and then we we saw some more frustrating moments from uh, well, one big frustrating moment from Sergio Cordova and Bobby Wood. Actually, there's this breakaway moment uh, where Cordova's in on goal, and Bobby plays a pass that uh, was not it wasn't super well placed, but Cordova takes like a little bit of a lo- a hard first touch that puts him too far wide, and he essentially has a one-on-one in, uh, against the keeper on the corner of the six-yard box that he puts wide. Um, I was At that moment, I was really not stoked. And I was like, of course, like this is what we're seeing yet again. But like, luckily, in that exact same spot, pretty, pretty soon after, um, Michael Chang has... like Not enough was made about that assist, I feel like. Incredible assist. Yeah. It was like one of the best assists I've seen from an RSL player in like, like a quite some time like uh Pablo Ruiz plays um a pass to to Michael Chang who just one touch behind like back heel flick through ball for Sergio Cordova to put him in on goal and then from a more difficult angle than the first time he had this chance just blasts it far post and scores and uh dj kind of got caught up with with his words on the broadcast but i was like i could not believe how good that pass was that was like yeah just just astonishingly perfect 
like, and I've watched it so many times. I cannot believe how well he just perfectly played that one. Like it, it, it could not have been better. It, it essentially took three defenders out of the play and put Cordova in on goal. Just, he loved to see it. Um, and then Fourth like assist I, of the year, by the way. Yeah. Chang, Turns Chang's, out, Chang's all baller. right. He's pretty Chang. good. <clears throat> and then like, this was a weird game for Montreal because I honestly just didn't, I like, I was not impressed by their attack, like at all. At, and especially in the second half, like they were getting stretched really thin, which is why uh, we started to really have a lot of chances. But even, even with them, like really going for it, they really didn't create much. Uh, and we were, I mean, we were still attacking toward like to the end of this game, um, which leads to a really <clears throat> kind of insane moment where, uh bobby wood is what minute was this was it after the 90th i um, maybe it's not on the, the highlights i can't remember what moment it was or what what minute it was um but bobby wood is is like he gets in behind the defense and it's like it's one on essentially one on one versus the keeper and he tries to like square the ball to pablo was it pablo ruiz that it was running with him? was this was the moment you referenced earlier this was the most frustrating moment of the entire game for me yeah, it was because like it, it's like it has to be a goal. Like it, 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 it has to be. It, it has to be. And here's the thing that I wanted to say about Bobby Wood that shot the first half. Um, it just Bobby Wood all game. He's a player that just like he has zero confidence, and it's yeah. so obvious right now that he doesn't have any confidence in himself and in his abilities. And I think. That's what we're seeing. Like, like you said, all those things you said before with him not really having good first touches. He's not really clean on the ball. He's not really making good passes. It just all screams like no confidence. And yeah. this play in particular, like epitomizes that you're yeah. the former U.S. national team striker. You're the guy that scored all those clutch goals for the national team on the big stage against big opponents. And yeah. you're one on one with the keeper and you're passing it off. He beat Holland. Midfielder. <laughs> yeah. Like, I understand. I'm not like passing it off there is not necessarily the wrong play. I understand the decision behind that. But if you're the guy that is hey, making you're that a guy, you need to be guy, that guy. And you're making a million dollars a year playing for this team. You're the second highest paid player on this team. You're taking that shot. You yeah. have to take that. We're, pay, we're paying you to take that. Exactly. Shot. And like, if you take the shot and the keeper makes a brilliant save, like, fine, we're still winning the game. I like fine, but you have to take that shot. And if you don't take that shot, you have got to make that pass. It's the easiest pass in the world. You just touch it right over to the guy and he has an easy tap in. So like I said, I don't have any problem with either way that that play plays out. But if you're Bobby Wood and you're the man and you're being paid all this money and you're a confident striker that's had all these big, confident clutch moments, you're taking that shot and you're scoring. The fact yeah. that he doesn't says to me that he doesn't have the confidence in himself to make that shot. So he makes that pass. Not only, but in this situation, not only does he make that pass, it's a poor pass. It doesn't even get to the guy. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's like a wasted opportunity. Like yeah. that was the most frustrating play from Bobby Wood that I've seen from Bobby Wood. I think in his entire time at RSL, he's oh, had a man. lot of frustrating plays, but that is the one that's like, you need to do better. You must do better or you shouldn't be playing for this team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th that was the one where I went from being like kind of angry to just like feeling bad. <laughs> I was like, cause I mean, I, I was mad about the one in the first half. Cause I mean, 
he's 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 playing a lot of minutes and without without scoring a lot of goals and yeah or contributing uh, positively to goals right like mate yeah, yeah. He, he does like all good attacking players should have an impact even when they're not scoring goals totally but they should also be scoring goals yeah, yeah he, and he doesn't really yeah. have an impact when he's not on the ball and when he is on the ball his impact is you often negative like yeah. he's just Right now, he's the most frustrating player on this team, I think, bar none. Yeah. And I really think that he just needs to score one or two goals and realize that, like, he still can. Because I think that's really... He needs to score, like, some clean goals with his feet is what he needs to do. Because, like, even a headed goal (laughs) might not give him that much confidence because it's like... I mean, he needs to... It's exactly what you're saying. Like, it's a confidence thing because you can just see, like, the lack of, like, sharpness. Like, it's there's just... Like every every touch, every pass is just like a little bit off. And that just seems to translate all the way to the final final product, which is just being unable to shoot the ball in the back of the net, even if you're directly in front of the goal, even if it's one on one versus the keeper. Like <clears throat> to get two opportunities like he got in this game, like those are two things that you just you can't count on getting two opportunities like that every game as a striker. So you really need to make, especially on a team that I feel like fails to to get their strikers into good positions. Yeah. Um, and a player on this team, you have to be making the most of your chances. And yeah, like, th- this is the, um, yeah. this is the 15 goal a year striker thing. If you're that guy, you're making, you've got two goals this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're Jeremy, I will be safe. If you're Joseph Martinez, if you're w- Carlos Vela, like those are two goals for yeah. sure that you've scored. And like, yeah, that's what's so frustrating is like, those are golden opportunities. Those were where your number one striker on your team should absolutely be scoring both of those chances. And if he scores some other play with some, you know, lesser chance, like great extra points, but you need to have that guy that is scoring those goals from those positions. Okay. Here's the question. Uh, in your opinion, has Bobby Wood done enough or done little enough, I suppose, to lose his starting spot to Ruby or Rabin? This is the problem is, and this was the question that was posed by Taryn a few weeks ago on Twitter, like who takes his spot? And I honestly, I don't know. Because Rubin also, I love the guy. I want to root for him, but he also hasn't done anything this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's, had, he's had a really been, weird year. I can barely remember him playing Bobby. this year. Yeah, I don't know how much he's played this year. Actually, let's let me double like, check that number. That there was that weird game where we started him and Bobby together, which I think that was the Nashville game, which was just yeah, such a disaster. That's his like, that was this year. He has 183 minutes, and yeah, that and was such an example of like of when that the bucket with those types of players just completely fails. Like that was just that was one of that that was easily the worst game I th- I've seen us play. Like the 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 New York City one was like really embarrassing, but like. Okay, those two were probably equal to me, but like the Nashville game felt so bad just because to come after the New York City game um, by a couple of weeks, I don't know what it was. And then to see us like come out like that in that formation, we just looked so completely unprepared, especially when we had beat that team earlier in the year. Um, it was just annoying. Um, but yeah, Rubio Rubin's a weird one because he, I mean, there was a stretch where he had so many goals and you know, so many games last year and then just went on like a 13 goal scoring drought or 13 game scoring drought. Yeah. Like, but which, even, even yeah. during that 
Trout, there were moments where you're like, okay, this is a good player. He's playing. Yeah. Good. He's doing the right things. I know. But it, that's what I'm not seeing from from him this season for me to be like, he must be starting over Bobby Wood. Like at this point, this is the thought that I had. Matt will enjoy this during, during the game after the first Bobby Wood miss. And after the second Bobby Wood miss, I was reminded of when we were playing Gene Alexander up top. Like we, (laughs) we don't have strikers. We don't like if Bobby Wood is our best striker, like we don't have any. Well, there, there we do, but they're bad. And like, that's very clearly like one of the weakest points of this team. We don't have guys that are going to score goals. Like you can trust and have confidence in scoring goals. Does Saborio have like a kid that's like 20 or something? He, he might, <laughs> but uh, we could just sign Saborio. I mean, he's still I mean, We could, this- and he would be better than what we have now. He would be an improvement. This is the other part of the reason mm-hmm. why I don't want to hear about Cuellar because like, we're we're not fine in that department but that's not the big weak spot on this team right now we need somebody who can score goals and i understand that pablo is not really like a goal scoring coach no no he's not historically speaking so i wouldn't really count on it but like our strikers are bad and we just need to accept and understand that like we're not really playing to them and if we do they're just not good enough uh so we we could sign uh well, it'd probably be a hard ask at this point. Uh, Devin Sandoval, who just came back from a heart condition, actually. It's it's a cool story. A uh, well, heart condition. Uh, I don't. What was his condition? Uh, I, th- he, I he thought retired. it was tired. I thought it was a cancer thing. Uh, explains absence. Let's see. It was some kind of serious medical condition where it was like uh, blood clots. Okay. Which I guess, yeah. Uh, he, he knows the pressure in his chest, had blood clots. Uh, but he, he, so he retired or semi-retired or, or left the club. No, I think he like full on retired. Uh, and was but, just like, we're but done. just came back in the last few days, six days ago. So Played you know, uh, today, I think. Uh, tonight, yeah. Today? He, he just came on or two hours ago. You don't know when we recorded this. He just came on. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, that was a half joke, half uh, just glad to see him. You know, that, is, I'm, that is great to see him back. Shout it's out to Devin Sandoval coming back and playing. That's Dedicated great. Dedicated off the crossbar listener. I mean, speaking I of, that uh, would be interesting. Speaking <laughs> of uh, old RSL players that scored goals, do you know who scored two goals in that game today? No. Who? Justin Portillo. Oh, good for him. They were both what? penalties, so it's a little bit like, you know, whatever. It's funny but, that he was their penalty taker. Huh. They, um, uh, good. Yeah. Did he get goals. a red card too? No, not today. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I like. I don't want to. This was an incredible result, and I was actually really pleased with how RSL played um, through like large stretches of this game, especially in the second half. Which I am also wondering. I mean, it was pretty clear that it was a team, this Montreal team, who was like really desperate to like fight for a result at home, and we were finding a lot of success in the space that they were leaving uh, with, with that offensive pressure they were putting on us, which um, I, I mean, I'm glad we were able to, to, to win this one through, I mean, man, that Chang pass. So good. Um, it's so good. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little skeptical about the, <laughs> I'm very skeptical about the empty bucket still. Um, and I'm not sure 
that uh, a two-man midfield is a, is a great idea with this roster. But I will say that Pablo Ruiz and Jasper Loffelsund, mm-hmm. who is apparently a center mid now, um, which is, I think, his third different position. Yeah, he's that- played right wing, back, right back, and now uh, center midfielder. Central-ish. Yeah. Attacking or um, defensive? Like, who knows? But... I honestly think I like him at this position maybe the most out of the ones we've seen him in. I don't know what you guys think. This yeah, is I was shocked. Like this is an honestly. example of this team just like playing based off vibes and not really like tactics. Like like this guy can run a lot and he's, he's in just, really good shape. Yeah, and he's just finds himself in positions that like matter often. Like yeah. he's not a game deciding player. He's not like one of those guys, but He's often there defensively where you need him or when you need him. And he's involved in the offense as well. Like he's just a good player to have on the field. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't think he particularly wins games or loses games for RSL, but he's, he's I a mean, good player. That's pretty good for uh, the player he is, right? Like just yeah. out of college. For a third round draft pick or whatever he was like, yeah, cool dude. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really weird. I'm, I'm like I, I don't really know what to make of it other than the fact that like I mean being just put in as a center midfielder after like I mean just being used as mainly a sub at like a wing sub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like I said this is the game that like I decided to stop like truly analyzing this team and like trying to break it down tactically because there's no point. Like just like the power rankings thing said like this this team is right now straight up vibes and it's going to be fun while it's fun and just enjoy that and it might be really bad at some point that all might not right now (laughs) but it's not right now it hasn't been the last two weeks and we got two pretty good results the last two weeks and the schedule only going to get easier from here on out and we've played a lot of hard teams in difficult situations so far so but again knowing this team when the schedule gets really easy we, we get really bad that's that that's my fear <laughs> well, just like so there were there were games like, last year toward the end of the season that we were the easy games that we were counting on points for for that playoff uh clinching and we blew them yeah so this team I, is for sure capable of dropping out of the playoffs from this position that we put ourselves in <laughs> so like oh yeah nothing sealed but like <clears> i said <throat> i don't know that there's any rhyme or any rhyme or reason that i can find about how or why this team is successful right and, now but let's go yeah. like and i would it. also absolutely <laughs> and like i was thinking about uh um like imposing our well so i like I, I jokingly like after that goal was scored that first one I, I i jokingly tweeted um this is actually good because rsl can can now prove like the important part about being able to prove <laughs> yeah. that you have it like you can fight against adversity is allowing that for that adversity adversity be created i was like joking about that but like there is something that's that's feels a little bit true to that to where like it does still feel like maybe we're a little too reactive in that we are unable to like imp- to impose our will and play assert like definitively in a certain way until we are down and we can you know have that fight to come back there it feels like there's something there just because i don't know that's just that's the way if if the team's gonna vibe i'm gonna vibe and that's the vibe that i feel so yeah i don't know what you guys think it does like i I do worry about the whole 
playing well after we've conceded thing, which kind of seems like a theme. Well, it's that we've struggled with off and on for the last like decade, but it's it's the Utah fan way, right? Like we always want to be the underdog. We always want to play with the chip on our shoulder because we're the small market team without a lot sure. of money, and you know, I feel like it's just playing into that. Yeah. thing we're, we're sea biscuit right now we need to see somebody <laughs> ahead of us and then we'll beat them i love being sea biscuit so like as yeah. long as we can keep being sea biscuit and keep winning games from losing positions like awesome let's do it let's be the yeah. underdog play with the chip on the shoulder i don't care but oh, at some point yeah. i like i said i just don't have faith that this is a sustainable way to like win a championship or even make the playoffs mm-hmm. but yeah I mean, we're having fun let's just keep having fun yeah until and we don't. this week this weekend's gonna be fun um matt so tell us about what you just sent us yeah actually uh let's use that as illustration for uh talking about uh saturday's game because i i think that sounds great there's something here um this is this is the the passing network map this is good right well it's good but it does pre- prevent the present a somewhat interesting conundrum okay uh, so shall we move on to it's uh, it's a lot better than it Houston has been. dynamo yes that's, we that's what i'm saying like compared to the last couple of weeks where we've seen this this passing network map yeah this is about right like this is yeah. close to what we're hoping to see yeah i agree so i think the big question i have and everyone should have right now and it's uh almost being handed to us on a silver platter uh, is where does sovereign fit into this side and we know yeah. that he's been a right wing player. Uh, but at this point, I'm, I mean, would you drop Michael Chang? Like four assists in 11 games? I think like our, our most creative. I think you player? have to drop Miram instead of Chang. So, this is, this is the conundrum. I think if you drop Miram, then are you moving Chang to that side of the field and putting Miram on his preferred right side? Or are you putting Sovereign sorry, putting Sovereigno on his preferred right? Or are you just doing a straight swap for Miram? Yeah, so that's that, the question. But that's it, the question. It made even more interesting because if so if you go back to uh Sunday's match against Montreal, if you go to the stats page on the MLS soccer match page and scroll down a little bit, you'll see what we're talking about. This is the the passing map and it shows all the passes uh, or sorry, the the network and frequency of passes. Um, and average positions of players from what from where those passes were made, um, and the interesting thing is uh, Justin Miram is tucked really far inside. Yeah, uh, I was noticing that during that the game. He's almost playing like an attacking midfielder role, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, do we put Savarino there and play the same way? Is this just an aberration? Like, is this intentional? And with with Mascarini, there's really no way there's no telling, way to answer right? that question. there's no way to know <laughs> it could be intentional and if it is intentional it's a good decision if yeah. it's not intentional and miriam has said this is what i need to do to be successful and to help this team then that's probably good but it, do we lose something when we play Sovereigno there potentially does he, yeah does he you know automatically just stretch out wide i it feels me the, so, the midf- yeah like the midfield in this montreal game did feel a lot less empty than it did in specifically the nashville game especially but like in even the the, the prior week just because of how far miram was tucking in and i was seeing like there were times when miram was so far 
tucked in that he was almost on the right side of the field being a, a left wing player ostensibly yeah like an um, inverted winger almost right like yeah it was, it was interesting more so it felt in that instance like there were a lot of times where it did feel intentional and whether like you're saying i don't know if that's intentional from miram or intentional from pablo but i uh yeah i don't know what happens when that's potentially sovereigno or he's on the opposite side like um or i mean does he am i crazy to think that they might just play him as like a second striker that's so that was going to be my question is could he just replace cordova so do you replace cordova coming off like a a good goal and starting to build momentum (laughs) this is the thing i don't know that there's any way that you like put sovereigno in there immediately that's like oh yeah that's the obvious way to do it yeah no i think the most obvious way to do it is just like you said just a straight swap for chang and it's like bummer for chang but you just made a big money signing and that's what happens when you make a big money signing. yeah like somebody loses out and unfortunately i think it might just be chang just by the nature of the fact that they both succeed when they play on the right but then what if you put him in for Miram and then you just like, just tell him to go kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think he's going to end up playing on the right. And if you could get him and Chang working together, this is the thing is I would say, take him, put him in place of Cordova, but generally instead of being like a central, like striker type thing, like play more of a true winger and just have more people out on the right. So give him interplay between, Chang and him and Herrera and him. And then you have those three creating your right-hand side attack. It is something we saw somewhat frequently when he played with us last is that he and Plata would often switch sides mid game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be, I don't know if that was like a Freddy thing or wait, Pecky thing. Was he, did he play under Freddy? Pecky. Cause I don't think he was here under Freddy. You're right. He did. Yeah. Freddy was it, assistant I don't know that was a, though. So, yeah, sure. I don't know if that was like a pet key Freddy thing or what, but like there were plenty of times when it was pretty like in mid game, like they would just swap sides. So I, I'm not like too worried about Sovereigno feeling too. It is interesting also that like he is more like he prefer like he I, he's played more on the right wing. I don't know what he personally prefers, but um, uh, he's like looking back through the goals he scored for RSL. A lot of them did come from him playing on like the left side, cutting in. Yeah. He's he's a right-footed player, Um, so I I don't know. I'm not too worried about that, but I am like worried about a little bit at this point about like maybe what taking Chang off does, which is yeah. And this is this not a concern I was planning on having because he wasn't playing well until the Sovereigno stuff was basically like confirmed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. It's weird. I think that I don't know. I'm. Terrible at making predictions, but of the two like winger players, I think it makes more sense to have Miram come out. It has to. Like, it just I don't has know to. that it makes sense to put Sovereigno on the left or to switch Chang over to the left. Like, I don't know which one is more comfortable playing over there, or like even if that's what you do. You know what I mean? But I, like I said, I think you could find success with Sovereigno and Chang and Herrera all being on the same side of the field. I think that could work. Um, yeah, I think just based on like form and like talent right now, I think you just have to take Miram off, but Miram has been like Pablo's like go-to constant for sure. Yeah. There's something about every him single and Pablo. game starter guy. <laughs> yeah. 
So I've, I've, I'm, I'm really interested yeah. to see where Soverino slots in. It could also just be that Soverino plays 60 minutes every game and then gets subbed out for either Chang or Julio. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the second striker thing is interesting to me. I wonder it, I'm trying to remember if there was ever a time like it seemed like Peck, he was almost like uh almost eternally committed to the 4231 and I I think that was a Deloitte thing. It yeah. yeah. I I could I could see it but like I could also like see we Pecky being we almost never strayed away from that formation and then yeah. even under Freddie we didn't really either. Um Pablo was the first one to come mix things up to his credit, I guess. So I actually, sorry to, to derail a little bit, but uh, I remember a press conference at the end of 2013. No, no, end of 2014, where Deloitte Hansen, off the cuff, uh, outside of like the normal press conference bounds, was talking about how RSL was going to be playing a 4-3-3 next season. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I, I think it may have been a directive from Deloitte himself. Which is, oh, or maybe there was weird. a bonus in Pecky's contract to play a four three three. Yeah, I mean, it made I, I I didn't think it I didn't think it didn't make sense with the players we had, yeah. like I, especially with Albert Roos and like I, the four two three one or the four three three with like that that player that can play in between the lines. I think made a lot of sense when you have Albert Rusnak. Um Demir Krylock really did complicate a lot of things for us is like amazing and prolific as he's been for this team. Like having a player like him has really created a lot of interesting, uh, confusion around like what this team's best formation is, like where he should play and whose spot does he take in order to make us play a certain formation or with certain players on the field. And I, that still, it's funny that that still hasn't been answered. Um, and I don't think that was ever definitively answered. Um, it was just the answer wasn't Sam Johnson. I think that was the only thing we learned at any yeah. point through that process. So speaking of which, I was time to learn w- people's names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's unfortunate. That's a little um, uh, tidbit from Nedamon Woha's uh, new autobiography. Book. That's out in the UK. It's not, not out physically in the U S yet. Yeah. That Sam um, Johnson was a really bad teammate. He doesn't name him of course, but because <laughs> but Nedim was a great teammate. It was Sam I think he, he named him in an interview or, or like a podcast. I don't know what it was. He just said something else. Um, he was like, so yeah. we had a player who came in who was from Liberia. And <laughs> the only, gold Camaro. The only, I'm not naming yeah. names, but. Uh, was he the only Liberian to ever play for RSL? Yeah, like, I'm pretty know. sure. I mean, who else, who else could it have been? I don't know. We've only legitimately had like five players on the team, I think, ever that we're from Africa or represented Africa like internationally. Liberia is a weird country because it's like, like American passport kind of, well, it's a made up country. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I guess all they all kind of are, but that one even more than like we made that one up. We actually did Melvin Tarley in 2005. Ah, see, I knew there, I thought there was another one because I I think I've looked that up before. That's in my black hole period where I don't really know anything about RSL. Yeah, that's an early one. Um, what was our first season? 2000... It was 2005. Ooh, he played nine Four. games and then went to Colorado Rapids the next year. Amazing. He played 34 Anyway, minutes. so I don't know. I like. I have still so many questions, but Trevor, like you said, like it's. I do. Lo- I love. Like I love talking about RSL. It is increasingly hard to <laughs> try to understand RSL, though. Oh, and Willis Forco. Yeah, who? we've had three. I don't even know who that guy I've is. I've never heard that name before. Forco? Forco, yeah. 
Uh, 2006, he played, he was a defender. He played 2006, 2007. He was a near constant starter in 2006. I don't even remember that. Anyway. I don't remember Forco, but I'm sure there's someone well, who's mad. Anyway, sorry, sorry, Kyle. No, you're good. I mean, yeah, it's just it's hard to understand this team, and I like it's it's fun to talk about them. I have no idea what's going to happen though, and I don't know. I, I like we were like you were mentioning. Or I, I can't remember like when you said. I it, it, like to me, it feels like. Uh, or I, I can't remember if it was you or Matt or Trevor that was talking about like the small ma- small market mentality of kind of just being the reactive team or whatever. Um, the under oh, it was it was you, Trevor, talking about like being the underdog or whatever. Um, that's absolutely true, and like I mean, it's pretty definitively clear in my mind the last time like that wasn't the case, which was 2013. I remember Benny Failhaber talking about how much he hated RSL just because of mm-hmm. like the RSL mindset that we. Uh, like he, he said we had an arrogance about us and that is really funny to think back on considering like where we've been since then and how, um, I think lacking of definition we've been since then. We were kind of just, we've been kind of an amorphous blob for quite some time and we've had really great moments and we've had great, great games, great players. We've, we've, you know, great goals, et cetera. Um, but it hasn't been since 2013 when I can re- definitively remember like a player of another team talking about how he hated us because we carried ourselves a certain way and we thought that way was better than, you know, how other teams played. And I, there are times when I do really miss that kind of thing. Like I, I, I do miss that identity and maybe this identity now is becoming way more just what it is now. Um, but I, I don't know. There is something to be like, like this is when we think about how the RSL way was, I guess, on the field, at least. Um, there was just like something that you could always expect from this team that worked really well. And no matter like our tactics weren't a secret, like it's not like we were holding, you know, holding stuff close to our chest in order to keep it a secret of how we were going to line up or how we were going to play. We played with the same formation every single game we played with the same players in the same positions every single game. Um, we swapped out Devin Sandoval for Sabarillo sometimes when he wasn't available or something like that. But it's like, we always, you know, we, 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 we thought Louis skill could play, you know, Javi's position, for instance, like we always tried to play like that same way. And I, I don't know, maybe that's overrated. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I just think about that often of, uh, I, I'll never get that Benny Failhopper quote out of my head that was in the lead up to, I don't know if it was like right before the 2013 MLS Cup or just sometime that season where he was talking about how much he hated us because of how we carried ourselves. I hate and them very much was the quote. Yeah. 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 And like, I, I respect that. Like, I, and I, of course, but I like that we had something that we could be hated for. That wasn't just David Ochoa kicking a ball at a Minnesota fan or something. Trying to murder like, somebody, you mean? Yeah. Trying to take out someone's head. I don't know. I just think about that often. And that Benny quote, I love because I there's probably I don't know if he remembers saying that, but that's something that I'll just like never forget as being like, that's what happens when you have like when you become that team, like there are other teams that just hate you for what you are and like how you view yourself. And sometimes that can be a really like that's a really complimentary thing, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, we think about how we hate LAFC, right? Like, sure. Wait, do we? 
I mean, they're really good, so naturally we're supposed to hate them. But but there's something to that, right? Where you hate them because there's an identity you can like look at and identify. That's not yeah. not just they're, Trevor they're another agree. team in no, 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 it's it's not that I disagree. It's just that if we're gonna like pick a team from LA to be like, oh, we just hate them because I, I would have picked the Galaxy. Oh yeah, but but we have actually like meaningful game history against the galaxy where we lost in big games and we beat them in big games and yeah so it develops a little more naturally sure okay i see what you're saying yeah um can i bring it back around to sovereign for just a second yeah can as we talk far about as after that yeah as far as a like roster building move signing does this like sovereign fill a need or is this just pure like I mean, like his like this is a genuine question. Like yeah. his position is it a position of weakness on this team, or was this signing just straight up again, just like straight up like vibes? Like Sovereigno is going to make people happy. We need desperately to sign somebody. Let's just bring back the guy that everybody loves, that wants to be here. Like I'm, I'm not saying that like we should not have signed Sovereigno. Yeah, but this is going back to the roster like question. Like who does he play for? Like this is like it's an obvious upgrade but like is it a position of need is it something that like we we needed to get somebody in this spot i think the position of need was someone who can score some goals (laughs) i think that's what we've signed so i mean like no but maybe the empty egg shell formation becomes a reality because i as i watched that montreal game i was like maybe my my empty egg shell formation isn't the worst idea because we're having a lot of success (laughs) there are wings right now yeah and like not a lot of success for our center forward um or our striker so uh yeah i don't know i mean it's not a position of need but i think he's a player of need which i think is a distinction that has a difference but maybe not yeah so i don't know trevor (laughs) here's my thought um i think so but as i look at the roster i think i'm wrong so we have of players that play primarily on the wing. Uh, we have Michael Chang. We have Justin Miram. We have Chris Garcia. We have Anderson Julio. We have Johnny Menendez. Uh, and then we have Sergio Cordova, uh, who is who was a winger before coming here. Like, let's not forget that. Yeah. And that's six players for two spots. Yeah. Um, Michael Chang, I think, is having a better season than we might have expected. Although he he showed that in 2020, uh, so I don't think it's unprecedented. Uh, he had six assists that season, uh, which for a team that was as bad as it was, uh, was pretty good. Um, Justin Miram, I think, is a player that uh, has has limited time on his legs, and we shouldn't we shouldn't expect him to be playing 90 minutes, uh, even though he right. is, and that's clearly week in, week strategic. Yeah. Uh, Chris Garcia, I think, is uh, I mean, I think it's time to uh, to send him on loan because if he's not playing, uh, he's now like sixth on the depth chart. Yeah, if he's not playing and if he's not part of the first team, like immediate future, then what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, well, you he's could playing with Real Monarchs, but like, is that meaningful the, competition for a 21 year old or however old he maybe he's? Yeah, that. he, that's the plan for the short term, at least, is to have him play with Monarchs along with Bodie Davis and. David Ochoa and whoever else they announced today. Yeah. 
Chris Kablam. Chris oh, we Kablam. forgot to mention that Kablam made a, an appearance in the Montreal game. Oh, yeah. So shout out to Chris. Kablam. Um, <laughs> so so I think our starting set like could reasonably be Saverino and like if I'm thinking super optimistically, Menendez, although that's a huge wild card. But uh, maybe the signal also plays that, on the right, doesn't he? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Who knows at this he point? Has, I, think, I mean, for he ourselves, he has played on the right. Yeah. But he's also, we've also been told he can play a 10. <laughs> yeah, okay. just, just like Saverino, just like Justin Miram now. Like, Wait, I do have to say that, wow, we've gone really long again. Oh, no. I, I was going to say, I did, I wanted to just... Um, uh, point out that I was correct on Chris Kablam entering, uh, like bringing the swag levels up for this team up exponentially because the man dresses incredibly well. Uh, I was quoted on the RSL show as claiming that he was raising our drip level and he has done so. And I think that his entrance in the stadium photos have only proven to be correct and uh, I hope to be proven more correct with time. But anyway, sorry. Uh, so I guess like Saverino <laughs> and Miram, Saverino and Chang. With Anderson Julio coming off the bench, but maybe maybe we'll just try to start Anderson Julio again. Maybe it'll work this time. Who knows? Yeah, it's I not just, gonna work. This is this is why I bring it up. Is again, like we've had obvious problems with like building a, a successful roster and addressing like positions of need on this roster over the last like two or three years. It seems like we've got one or two positions at any given point that are like, we must sign somebody because this sucks. And we just end up like signing a winger or signing another midfielder or something like that. It, I love yeah. Saverino and I love that we've signed him, but I don't know that this is like the right method of like building a roster. I don't so, know that this is a good move. I will contradict you there. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's building a successful roster for 2022 uh, in particular. Um, sure. Now, maybe it works out well. Maybe it. it we figure it out and players uh, impress and can fill other needs. Um, but really, I think this is a, a 2023-2024 move. Okay, and you that, take Tagarino when you can get him, right? Like, if you yeah. can land him uh, before he goes somewhere else, then I think you do that. And I think he's a good enough player that you you take that jump. And maybe it does set you back another six months in your plans, but it also... I mean, he's a, a player fans love, but he's also an incredibly good like MLS player. Sure, and we know yeah. he's he's at the top level in MLS. I guess yeah. it kind of sets. It doesn't really set in motion. That's not really what I mean to say. But like, it does kind of help to set the table for like some summer moves. Yeah, as well. Like, I would be honestly blown away if Johnny Menendez is still on this team past the summer window. Yeah, agreed. And yeah. I think bringing in, like, if that's the trade, Saverino for Menendez, like, great move. Yeah, excellent. Obviously make that move. But I think that it, it's just like what I've said before. Like, we need a defensive midfielder that's uh, a, an upgrade on Steve Caldwell for sure. And we need an upgrade. Scott. At, <laughs> sorry. You know, if you were a real uh, person, you might remember his name. If you just, if only. It's Steve Scott and their brother, like, Dave or something. <laughs> Dave Caldwell is like a that's sorry I'm getting that's mixed a, up with other realtors. Um, I think <laughs> if we can, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're a, right. An obvious upgrade is needed uh, in 
the defensive midfielder over Caldwell. And I think we need and an obvious, yeah. obvious upgrade over <laughs> at the striker over Bobby and, and Rubin. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's what I'm getting at in the summer window. I hope that we see those signings and those moves made, uh, or at the very least, like clean out some of the like dead space on this roster, like a Johnny Menendez, like send a Chris Garcia Ouch. on loan. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's not in the plans. <laughs> You're absolutely right, and he he's hasn't a phenomenal been since. player. And it's going to be a bummer that like he doesn't do anything for this club, but he's he's not in the plans. That's he was a Freddie obvious. guy, right? Like he was, was. Didn't he come in under like the last like the bit last of two weeks of Freddie? Yeah, then he had COVID or whatever. But um, like, there's we've got like 35 players on this roster, and like <laughs> we've got to use some of that extra just like filling to get some impact players yeah you're right some better players and i i hope yeah. that's what we see this summer because the rope with elliot fall the mess that he's made with this david ochoa situation like he's on a shorter and shorter leash as the days go on yeah and i if we were to get one of the two i, I agree with you as, as as far as positions of need go like it's striker and it's defensive midfielder it's it's Kuehar or, or someone else like that, and it's a striker, and I don't know who that is going to be. I, if we can sign one of those two this summer, I think that that's a pretty successful year of transfers. And if we have, if we, I mean, we ostensibly do have uh, Savarino next year, like he's signed. I'm assuming he'll be here. We don't think we're going to sell him before then. Um, I like I'd, I'd be happy with that if we could sign a striker after the season if that's like what it comes to if we could sign both this year i'd be very very stoked but i mean we've had i'm very i'm I'm not optimistic on a striker just because we've that's been something that we've needed for such a long time and we have yet to really sign that player so yeah uh, but the resources are supposedly there now and so there's no saying no to uh what's his face uh christoph piacek there's no saying no to Luis Diaz. Uh, Luis Diaz, for instance, is <laughs> not, I mean, winger, but yeah. Uh, um, yeah, no, there's, there's no, I, I think he, he, he could be, he could be a striker. I mean, Liverpool's 4-3-3 is just, it's perfect. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take anything away from that. And I like to see that Chang is our own little, uh, Tiago these days. It's great to see. Um, Weirdly, like a very similar assist on the the day before Tiago to uh, Sadio Mane. But oh, I will, I'll just plug that maybe. Chang, the Cuban Tiago. I don't know. Right. There's something there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Trevor, I agree with you. I, 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 but I am, I am very, 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 very excited about Sabrina. He brought me like so many amazing moments in seasons that otherwise kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- oh my goodness. Yeah. We don't so have anyone I on think, the roster capable of that kind of magic, right? Exactly. So that's Red what I was player. kind of saying. Like he's not a he's not a position in need. Maybe, maybe not. But just like a player like that, absolutely. And whether that ends up, you know, leading to us being doing positionless football or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just glad he's back, <laughs> and I'm very excited for Saturday because I have not, guys. I'm like convinced. I'm really worried that I'm going to get COVID in the next like couple of days and miss the game on Saturday. I actually I'm have like, the same thought today. I'm stressed about it because I haven't been to a game in a while and I'm just, I keep having things going on and I keep missing them. And I keep having to watch the stupid replays after on a VPN on ESPN plus like a loser. You YouTube TV? And 
Yeah, but they they I don't record the game. Oh, just record the game. Oh, you should. Yeah, well, I don't. That's the obvious solution. Okay, well, I don't ever have the foresight to do that. I just just set it up so every Real Salt Lake game recording. You just make them a favorite, and it records them anytime they're on. Whatever. I don't do that. (laughs) So I haven't done that, but maybe I'll do it in the future. But I don't need to do that this weekend because I will be there. Do that immediately following the conclusion of this recording. Okay, fine. And secondly, uh, I will be there early, and I will be there to eat tacos, and I will be there to uh, be in the supporters' lot. And I... Just want to see as many people as possible there as well. It's the Sovereign of Special, as it were. Show up on time or show up early. Like a, gr- a great way to show up early, if you can, is to go to the supporters lot and eat tacos. Yeah. That's a great way of making sure you're there on time. The uh, La Fugata f- truck will be back this week. They weren't there yep. last game. They will be back this week. That's and correct. The There's season, no wedding. So go yes. to tacos. Yeah. Go to tacos. I it's time for more El Pastor also Just, because uh, friendly piece of life advice. Go to tacos. And to make it clear, they were not sponsored by La Fagata. And no, I think I probably really turned down tacos. the money if they decided to. I I and honestly we, say that we sponsor them. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we should give them a sticker and say uh, let's put some stickers on the truck. Yeah, we, that's actually if they have do they have I don't want to be like the only one on there. there or maybe I do. What if we're really big and everyone else had little tiny ones. That would be, we should just make, like, get Nick to make us like a 12 by 12 vinyl sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just gigantic off the crossbar. Anyway. All right. All right. Well, we've gone. I think this is our longest one yeah, in a while. But do we have anything ever. else on the dock that we need to cover? Because I know how oh, I, I'm looking at you guys. Is. Yeah. If you go up to the top, then you'll see. Uh, oh, my God. Rumors. Uh, we didn't talk about like specifics of uh, passing. Bobby Wood was bad at passing. Aaron Herrera was really bad at passing. Oh, pressing, wow. pressing. Oh, I thought my it's like it's really late. Sorry, pressing. Yeah, yeah the you pressing we were was bad at pressing that game. No, we were good, but uh, okay. Bobby Wood specifically. Was bad. Bobby and Aaron Herrera were over. Oh yeah, that's two for true. twelve and zero for ten. Uh, anyway, that was one of the but, things yeah. that one of my big takeaways from the game was just that like the press was. Working phenomenally well throughout the whole game. We won all of the second balls and we had tons of interceptions in the midfield. That was really good. How do you feel about us playing out of the back? It's it, it's fine. We I should think, do that more, in my opinion. I think that the play should be going forward through Ruiz, obviously. That's what it feels like. I and know. I don't think that that's a controversial take, no. even a little bit anymore. But I think no, he's I, the guy that like starts the play. Yeah. And RSL fans are making the case for him as MLS uh, MVP. So sure, I'll take it. Whatever, man. I mean, the man wants to get the man wants to play international football. So yeah, like uh, it seems like he's might be on a bit of a mission. So yeah. Um. So projected points over the next over the course of the season, RSL is doing really well. Uh, Just wanted to point that out. I had a tap open. I was about to close it. So. has us uh, with 46 points on the season and my projections are really bad uh, and undervalue things. Uh, Wait, 46 points on the season? Yeah. We've already got half that. Yeah, I I think I need to fix my little algorithm. I don't know why that's the case, actually. <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right, well. I guess we'll see. Well, 46 points would be like barely maybe playoffs. Yeah. No, it'll like definitely the comfortable be playoff line is 50 points. More than that. It'll be interesting if that ends up being How correct. I get that so low, I wonder. Anyway, 
Uh, it's because we're a bad team. Oh. Hmm. No, we're good, I think. RSL's currently on good. 22 points. We are fourth in the West. Yeah. Uh, we play Houston, who is seventh in the West. Yeah. And they are on 18 points uh, with a goal differential of pot plus three oh. versus RSL's goal differential of minus three. That is so weird. Well, I mean, we also lost to a team six nothing. So what well, are you going to do? I, and and we don't win by more than one goal, really, right? No. Um, fun fact: there are one, two. Okay, if you take out the bottom three teams in the West, there is only one team in the West that has scored fewer goals than RSL this season, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that is the LA Galaxy, which is crazy because they have Chicharito. Yeah. We're really high up for being negative three in the goal differential. Yeah, it really uh, is. We only win by one goal. Yeah. Which is nerve wracking. I want to win by two, three, four goals. It's way more fun. Well, we've got to if, score two, three, or four goals in a game in order for yeah, that to happen. That is true. And I honestly think if uh, if um, Anderson Julio was playing in that Montreal game, he would have had at least one goal. Like, there was so much space for him in the positions that he loves to be in. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway. It's late. Yep. Sorry. That's the thanks for listening to all of this. Honestly, you're welcome also. Yeah. Because sometimes <laughs> you just need <laughs> some long some like sometimes when I listen to outro I've ever heard. No. no it's, it's, it's not it's, that. Yeah, I'm not arrogance. You're welcome for uh sometimes the podcast I listen to, I just I would like, you know, maybe they just maybe like they go a little longer because I can just have it going. I can be on a walk, I can be at the gym, sure. I can do whatever. I agree every time. And they so, tell guests, like, oh, we're getting short on time. And I think you get to set the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we're recording this late in the on a weekday evening, we can. It's the only time is we got no parents, man. It's no parents, no bedtimes <laughs> I, for us. I have parents. You have parents. I've well, my mom only listens to this after the fact. She cannot intervene. I don't even live with her. We, we, don't, so she can't. we don't follow their rules. Yeah, she can't set. I don't even have school tomorrow. Like, I don't know. I'm not even in school. So it's fine. Um, So, yeah. So thank you. But also, you know, maybe, maybe we're, maybe, maybe we're we're giving you a little treat a little bit. Maybe we're doing a service. We're doing you a favor. You know, and it's a long, we are pretty brave. Maybe you should listen to it on like 2X. Oh, that's right. Do you think people go back and re listen after this? I really hope so. I I wonder how many people make it this far. Uh, Anyway, if you make it this far. I would love to know. Please send us a tweet to either Matt or Trevor and or me and say. If you include me, I will uh, I'll make a short story recommendation for you that I've read in the last week. Wow. I love that. Hey, That's actually treats all around. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone. Always a pleasure. It is. Trevor, what's your catchphrase? I, I don't I know. Don't Always one. a pleasure is a good one. <laughs> I'm waiting to say goodnight. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Goodnight. All right, guys. Bye.